Okay. I'm number six, and this is TNP Live. And I'm here with TNP contributor, Lisa Belander. And uh, let's get on to this week's monologue. I hope everyone had a great and safe fourth July 4th weekend. I already fucked that up. When mine ended, it was back to regular life this Wednesday. And my question was, what's going to be the big breaking story this week? I think most of us assume that, pay attention to media this way, that news flows in a certain cycle. I've noticed that different types of news stories break at different times during the week. If it doesn't make you suspicious, something really nasty drops on a Friday, you know, when a lot of folks are about to tune out for their weekend to enjoy their lives, then maybe you should look at the pattern of behavior over time. So with a long weekend like this one, folks not tuning back into politics, what was this week's big story? Cocaine in the White House. <laughs> After the initial giggling about something so absurd happening around this time, I asked myself, why is something like this coming out now? Now, this is completely speculative, and your guess is as good as mine. But doesn't it seem like a random security sweep of the cubbies that visitors of the West Wing use to store their electronics? Turned up this white powder that someone must have thought wouldn't be detected is a little suspicious. Why the big news about it? Are there Democrats in this country that are old enough to have voted for Bill Clinton that will be outraged that cocaine made its way into the White House? Are there LGBTQ plus 1A tards out there punching their steering wheel that the world is going down the toilet like an eight ball during a raid? No, it's con conservatives that are pouncing on it as the media always describes. Now, I see no immediate wrong in pointing out that illegal substances winding up in one of the most secure buildings on the planet and using that point to the transgressions of Hunter Biden that have been somewhat documented. But upon further examination, this is a tabloid story. This is Jerry Springer stuff, RIP. And simple and stupid, sell, unfortunately. The other stories of what our government did to us and it is continuing to do to us are being put aside yet again for a minute, a minute, minute issue. I need more pre-workout this morning. Instead of larger problems. Now, the one glaring example is that after billions, if not trillions of dollars, in fighting the drug war, that cocaine is more likely to visit the West Wing than any of us. Especially in the capacity of the folks supposedly attending when this security sweep happened. What should that tell us about our culture? We went to war over a bastardized product, destroyed dozens of nations, ruined millions of lives, imprisoned countless nonviolent criminals, and left generations fatherless and addicted to the government's own drugs of welfare, free housing, and soon, universal basic income. All brought to you by the same folks that ran the drug war, 
the people that allowed the money to flow in the black market that they created, the intelligence agencies, the State Department, and the banks. Just like the proxy war we're fighting in Ukraine, or the regime change wars of our recent past, the war machine runs on cocaine. It uses vice as a weapon against its own people. It creates black markets to gamify the product that increases it in price. And the house always wins because if you're buying, selling, or even getting arrested, the system makes money. I think cocaine is a shit drug. It makes people annoying. And the come down is not worth the price of admission. I think it makes a great comparison for me of our current political system. One that needs a restart with some more enlightened engineering. We've seen romantic portrayals of American values in the past, such as Frank Capra's Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Well, the current generations have Cocaine Bear Goes to Washington. In just a few generations of fighting a war on a substance, the substance won. What that says about human nature, our culture, and so on can be explored, and should be. But instead of looking at how a small amount of coke can make its way to the White House, maybe it's time to drop the political outrage and finger pointing and actually tear down the wall we built in the drug war. The one that props up authoritarians, drug lords, pimps, and presidents. And that's this week's monologue. Drop a six in the chat if you feel me. Uh, Lisa. How are you feeling this week? <laughs> <laughs> You're cracking me up, dude. I love it. Uh, um, hell, I, I love it because today is going to be a great Friday, <laughs> says Sadie, too. So, yeah, Sadie yeah, is thinking, raging over you know, there. <laughs> she's happy it's the weekend. She's, she's partying already. Oh, my God. You know, she's like, what's all this about cocaine? No. Okay. So I kept on thinking. <laughs> I, <laughs> we needed Eric Clapton's song. We should have used that as like the bumper music, right? You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I did attach that song uh, to um, the Instagram post about this show today that nobody sees because Meta fucking hates us. <laughs> uh, no, no, no questions asked there, uh, Zuckerberg. We we understand why you fuck. But um, and oh, good luck with good luck with threads now. I heard about that bullshit. Did you hear about that, Lisa? Oh, the new um, <laughs> Facebook alternative to Twitter. Like, if you didn't yeah, like shit, drama. here's this brand's shit. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> please. You, you know what else came to my to mind today? The Howdy Doody show. <laughs> Oh, that's a throwback, right? Are you, too young to, you might be too young to remember that. So it so a legendary. I, I'm much story. older than you. I'm much older oh. than you are. So well, you got to experience some different things because of it. Um, now my my parents were of the howdy duty generation of sorts, and when I was young, um, I definitely wasn't always this well behaved, folks. Um, I I was I guess I was in my high chair or something like that. Uh, eating, and I think my dad offered me a cookie out of our Howdy Doody cookie jar. And uh, I decided that it was a great idea to pick up the 
giant howdy doody head that was the cookie jar and toss it onto the floor. That was that was my uh, you know, Thor like another sir, you know, like type of you know, exclaim something in baby language and then threw it on the ground. Oh, um, you started in the mosh, you started in the mosh pit early. <laughs> oh yes, very much so. Yeah, I, I was a very rambunctious young child. Um, at one point, I even dove out of my crib head first and got stuck in between the wall and the crib. So, an initial like looking for me, like checking to see where's the screaming baby. My dad, I think, who was shaving at the time, like runs in the room. My mom's screaming, like Michael fell. <laughs> Oh well, things happen. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's but, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy thing. Like uh, seeing my my friends have kids now, and what they go through with their kids because I was such a crazy bastard when I was little. <laughs> like I I really yeah, feel for them. Yeah, you gotta feel for me. I'm on a whole new level now. Come on, my my uh mm -hmm. listen, my babies are 24 and 22 now. So yeah. oh, hell. And, and let me yeah. tell you 24. You know, she's still got a little bit uh a little bit to go there. Love yeah, her, love, I mean, love that kid. That kid is awesome. But absolutely. you know, she's en she's enjoying life and good. You know what? I, I, I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm feeling guilty about that. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, she's getting there. That, that's the thing. Like my mid twenties, rough, really rough. Like just getting out on your own, especially at the time. Like when I got out on my own, like this is like 2008 era. So everything just shits the bet economically. Right. Like that was my first real lesson in life whenever it comes to that stuff and how it works in the world is that with your your dreams, your aspirations, your your willingness to get out into the working world and produce and be a good citizen. Um, and then you see people take advantage of those missteps that the government has made. Missteps. Yeah. <laughs> like like they weren't purposeful, right? And it's hard to prove that. It's hard to prove intent, isn't it? But you look at you look at the economic collapse and you look at what we went through for years. Like my whole the whole arc of my story as a person changed because of that. Like I realized that the I realized more now that, you know, back then had had things had sort of not gone awry, that, you know, there is there is gonna be <laughs> there was maybe maybe gonna be greater consequences. I don't know. I mean, do you, I think that the economic collapse in itself around those times was mostly engineered um, from what I've seen. I don't know. Maybe people can kind of tell me otherwise. But I also think it was done to, so to avoid the consequences of what could have been, of what could have been a greater collapse. So, I mean, have we have we successfully moved, you know, the... The game, you know, have we have we changed the rules of the game a little bit? Um, have we changed currency in the way that that works nowadays? You know, like we've done we've done a lot of things to ourselves um, to sort of prop up this system economically. What's the next move? 
That's what I want to know. Like if they can, if they can do all that to get away with murder for getting away with, you know, giving people, you know, from what I understand of it, uh, home loans that they couldn't afford. Now I never took part in that. Um, I also paid back my fucking college loans for whatever God awful reason. I don't know why you do that anymore because I mean, can't you just vote for somebody and oh, they'll just give you the free money? Oh wait, I guess I guess not because of some guys in robes, guys in fucking robes. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, robes. Uh, yeah, how 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 uh, you know appropriate that the black robes, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's nice and occultish. You know, I, I don't know. Well, what do we, why do we cling to that too? Why the special outfit? You know, is is it is it human behavior to just look at some guy in the silly outfit and know that you're supposed to be paying attention to him? Is that it? And on a raised on a raised podium, no less, right? Because you know, nobility, correct? Right. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's something about a stage, too. I mean, you you go to a place and you sit down, you go to a show, right? And you're looking up at the stage, like it, it's 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 fixating. You know, it oh, fix in the pomp and circumstance before the judge comes in, right? I'm, here he is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> they should have entrance music, right? That like just like wrestling. You know, they bring out bring out different entrances and stuff like that. UFC, you know, did that later, um, but. Uh, Good day to Tom. I see Tom in the chat. What's up, man? Uh, definitely check out Conspiring with Mr. Cooper. Uh, I think we're going to be doing another episode of that this weekend on TNP, folks. So go ahead and check that out. Also, be on the lookout for, um, still got to figure out some of the logistics here, but be on the lookout for um, a 24-7 TNP live stream. I think we can make it happen. Uh, I think I've got the tech down now to where we can take all of our back catalog episodes, stuff like that, and just load it up and uh, have it roll throughout the week. So while we're not broadcasting live doing these shows, Lisa, we can be playing you know stuff from our back catalog that people can check out. So if you're bored and you're thumbing through Rumble and you're just seeing the same old shit, uh, check out some TMP stuff. We're going to have a lot for you. Uh, we do yeah. have episodes of Conspiring yeah. with Mr. Cooper. And Lisa, you might be up to something soon, too. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, shout out to Rescue Dog. I'm thinking that uh, we're going to bring on uh, some new thought-provoking uh, material, literary uh, thought process there, and some, you know, philosophy talking, I think. So I think that would be really cool. I always wanted a like a book club thing, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, and I think that would be really interesting too because I, I think that um, one of the things, one of the freeing things about what we do here at TMP is, is that we can take stuff that's done on other shows and do it more, I'm going to say, I don't want to say honestly, to put it in a, in a sense where like the other people are doing it dishonestly. But I think that a lot of people have to hold back. They have to hold back their opinions. They have to hold back their speech. They can't have an open and honest conversation. Like what I talk about in our about sections of all of our platforms. We started this show, John Henry and I, in order to give people a, a platform where they can have open and honest conversations 
where they get away from the, the intimidation, the violence, uh, threats and other things like that, that happen to people on here. So, I mean, and, and also, and just recent, um, had a conversation with a cult priestess on conspiring with Mr. Cooper about, you know, some of my identity and things like that, of which I plan on revealing more of as the show rolls along. Um, you know, and just for folks out there wondering why, you know, this, this white bubble with a little bug looking thing with a wheel on it is, is talking to you. Um, it's because I started this show in the middle of the pandemic on at the time in which they put the mandate down that people would have to take the shot. And in being in that type of situation, um, I didn't know what my future was going to look like professionally. That's for sure. Um, I didn't know what my, um, even my relationship was going to look like, cause I didn't know what I was going to look like. My life before the pandemic was on a completely different trajectory. I had an opportunity to, uh, to play music for pl for plenty of years and to not have that in my life, to be locked out of it for another, for a summer, like it's summer concert season, folks. If you're not going out and seeing shows, if you're not out at big shed shows, like out in the sun, having fun, you know, visiting some with some friends, you know, catching up with them, you know, and enjoying your favorite tunes. Like, I, I, I hope that you get to do that at some point soon. Um, that type of atmosphere, oh, that type of. Ed Mark. Oh, Mark. I even got culture. my 96-year-old my mom. We uh, Yesterday we went to uh, music at the harbor uh and mid-coast maine and uh it, it was it's just nothing like it well and the thing about it is is that i've enjoyed music with my family too all of my life i've been fortunate for that now my family doesn't enjoy every little bit of music that i enjoy <laughs> and lisa you know i listen to some crazy shit i've shared those things with you I've also shared those things. <clears throat> Pardon me, guys. Mm. Ah, it's one of those lovely mornings where I got you all, I got you all <clears throat> choked up, man. Oh no, it's just where the where the pollen just sticks in the back of your throat or something, maybe. Uh, it's always around this time. Uh there's stuff that grows up in my area that just uh I'm allergic to it. And it's great because it's right in the middle of summer. So then you think you have that summer cold, but you don't. It's really just your allergies. That's always a fun time. Uh, yeah, shout out to Vic Sinex. <laughs> Not a sponsor, but uh, oh probably. Oh, I know. We were, <laughs> probably ain't good I'm for you, folks, but it, sponsor, it, it works. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've lived off of that stuff. And Clariton D. I had like a near like Nicolas Cage meltdown um, in, in, in a, a grocery store one time because I use used Claritin D pretty regularly for a while for my allergies and sinus issues. Um, that's another reason why I don't smoke cigars anymore. John Henry loves a good cigar and I, I he always has the best shit. <laughs> but when we hang out, like I can't really partake because it just destroys my nose. Like the, the cigar tastes amazing. The first, you know, a couple drags. And then after that, my face is just dripping. <laughs> I can't, can't put up with it. Um, spicy food also destroys me now too it sucks getting old i've noticed um so yeah folks wait, out there wait, don't wait. Be old. That, that actually that, 
That spicy food, though, that that's actually that is a, a benefit, actually. You know, really, I mean, my husband, I mean, he definitely drains out his sinuses. Let me tell you with that stuff. Oh, yeah. Cap, capsaicin, uh, the stuff that you'll find like in, in spicy food, but also you can even take it in pill form. Capsaicin is an amazing substance. I'm sure our friend Apothecary knows all about that. I really enjoyed uh, her spaces, Lisa. You uh, reminded me to change uh, to check out the recorded one because I, I was busy when it was going on. But um, you had I checked out the recording of it was uh, how do you say his last name? Is it Raguski? Rudguski? Um, I'm botching the uh, name. We'll have to have him yeah. on and ask him, <laughs> just like we did with John Boudin. <laughs> Oh, Bodwin, Bodwin. There we go. I've messed it up Baudouin. again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, no, John. I, I, I listen. I stomp on it all the time. What can I tell you? It's, you know, it's my rough. husband always say, "Just don't call me late for dinner, right?" <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's it's so funny that the names and pronunciations sometimes on this show, but um, yeah. And and shout out to uh, John though. Um, is he back on Twitter? I haven't checked recently. Did they let him back on, Lisa? Do you know? Um, he's back on regardless. Okay. He, and in fact, uh, just making sure he didn't I, have to go to threads. Um, I was just like, don't make me start a threads yeah. account so I can keep up with our friends. <laughs> you know, people oh, that we've great. had on the show, I people just, that do great work that I want to keep up with, like, you know, Elon's fucking free Twitter. Yeah, great. <laughs> sure. Free Twitter. Yeah. But, I saw, um, but but I think he, you know, despite the, uh, you know, his being censored, for lack of a better word, he he was on the Dr. Drew show, so he's uh, he's still making some traction there, and I think he was just on um, the War Room too, so we'll have to get some of those links up. So yeah. shout out to John B. Yeah. John B, you're doing you're doing a hell of a thing there, man. Uh, I read his uh, Substack too, Lisa, and uh, I love the fact that he takes like the correspondences that he has, like the emails between parties, and then publishes them so everybody can see how he's calling them out, <laughs> what his demands are, like Listen, how he's unwavering, right? like this. Yeah, my dude. Yep. That, now, I gotta I that, gotta give him uh, that because like. It's still, it's still, it's still a big leap of faith in the system that you can, you can appeal to people that are corrupt, right? <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing, right? He's doing it in such a way that he's not even a, appealing to them. It's more so, and, and I love the fact that he's doing doing that because that's exactly how, um, how because he's am. making a fucking example out of these people. That's what he's really doing to right? me. Like because he may not be looking for individual justice for himself. He's looking to show, like, I will pull these people's fucking pants down. I'm going to show everybody that right. bullshit. Okay, that's yep. exact. See, because that's the bigger picture. Um, and that's our kind of dude. <laughs> Those right? are kind of people because here at TNP. <laughs> it's giving an opportunity for people to actually see really what's going on behind the scenes. You know, it's mm -hmm. the emperor wears no clothes and most people won't do that, but that's what needs to be done mm -hmm. because, well, here's the, here's the underlying theme probably of today's show, right? Why are people trusting the system? Stop it. <laughs> Stop trusting the system. 
Yeah, I, I think what you bring up there and, and why I mentioned it, too, is that at least I think you, you and I both, you know, connect on this point that, you know, my my faith in the system since COVID tremendously rattled. And I think that you can see like what's funny is, is that you're going to you're going to be able to experience soon on the 24 seven live stream. I'm just going to throw all of our episodes up there. Um, even the older ones, I think, where we weren't even on video. So sorry about you video loving people, but just enjoy the audio. And uh, but what's what's nice about it is and having like this this catalog that, you know, sort of documented both my my thoughts and life during this time. But it also it brings in other people like yourself, like we, we've been working for over a year now um, in doing shows and making content. And we have a pretty solid back catalog that people will be able to go back to Lisa in the future. Um, and see what we thought about these times and what we were experiencing during COVID, um, during the start of the Ukraine war, wherever the fuck this leads, right? Um, at that start of potentially, like we have people like Tiger on on TNP now, so we could talk about maybe uh, what CBDC is going to look like. <laughs> you know, you know those types you know of things. I, love, I think in what if we look back on a lot of our. Uh, shows and uh other you know people that that we've been collaborating with i think it's not just we're not drawing conclusions mostly it's more about asking the questions it's the inquiry right that's what that's what really drives me the most oh yeah that's what we fucking do like i, I mean we had we had an off-air conversation this week about that very point, Lisa, where it was just, you know, when we when we question, like, you know, how we approach things differently or why we approach things the way we do here at TMP, it's because, like, we always want to have that critical mindset of everything that's going on around us. Uh, we have experienced things with people, you know, both that we've had on this show and both people that we wouldn't even dare have on this show because it'd be a fucking liability, I think. Um but just like in our experiences with contacting other people, like we have to be critical uh, of the people that we encounter in this space because, and again, this goes back to even my conversation with OP the other night on conspiring with Mr. Cooper is that, you know, I didn't know who I was bumping into doing this. I've never done this before. So this wasn't my world. And stepping out of like a culture that I already thought that I was betrayed by, um, I really didn't think you know, jumping into this too, that, uh, taking unnecessary risks necessarily would put me in a position, uh, that would be any better in my life than where I was at the current time. If you understand that, I mean, uh, starting out here and anonymously on rumble, um, rumble's algorithm does not prefer you. If you just upload things to it, it wants you to live stream. Um, so we didn't really have much of an audience to start. John Henry and I were doing this just to get our thoughts out there and documented. But now that we have the ability to bring in people like Tom Cooper, uh, our friend Chris Graves, um, Chris is uh, still going through some health issues, but he's he, he looks like he's feeling a little bit better. Um, I loved getting a chance to talk to him this past week a couple times. And um, folks, I, I included Chris's uh, links in the description of this video. So if you want to go to his uh, links, check out some of his stuff. And if you like what he does too, make sure to donate to Chris. Um, it would greatly help him out in this time of his life. So I wish I could help him more as a friend, but love that dude. But 
meeting people like you, Lisa and Chris and Tom, uh, we got, you know, Peter Seacosh that's, that's part of the TMP crew too. Um, and then we have, uh, our, our good friend, angry tiger who, you know, we, we've, we've done a lot of collaboration and other things with, um, he's a hell of a, an announcer. <laughs> uh, so, but, um, you know, that, that whole love, love his sound of love, his sound effects. Love, love it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I would, and, and that's, that's the thing here too, is that, you know, tiger deserves like a good setup you deserve a good setup as far as like the quality of this so we're going to be doing things in the future folks where um if you like what we do here at tmp you're going to be able to get things uh in exchange so we're, we're going to try and do a merch store we're going to try and do a, a bunch of other crazy ideas that we can kind of share in the the culture and the stuff that we talk about in these shows um, the lore of our, our different shows and, you know, the different gimmicks that we all use. And, you know, I couldn't have met just like a cooler group of people though, like in doing this, like I've, I, I haven't felt like a comfort and, and sort of a, I don't know, like a confidence in it was a so business it, relationship it was so or personal relationship. That's anywhere near what I have with the people in TMP fucking love you guys. <laughs> Well, hey, back at you, but you know, it restores my faith that there's authenticity out there. You know, uh, it's far and few between, but the connections that we've made, it it, it restores my faith that it does exist. And well, uh, yes. we're making those connections. But you need to explore to assure that something is authentic, right? You don't just look at a leather jacket and assume it's leather. You know, you go up, you, you feel it, you touch it, you experience it. Like you, th there, it takes time to sort of understand whether or not something's authentic too. I think that, that how, um, like having Ken Silva on last week, how a, a good reporter may approach a story and not just jump on the first given information, like knowing that, you know, your first interpretation or impression and other things like that may or may not be true. Like understanding that you need to feel out or you need to wait to see how things and situations develop so people can prove themselves, you know, and this, this happens in these, these cases, these stories that we talk about, but also that happens with ideas too, you know, just abstracts, you know, the, the abstract that we were talking about of the, the gentleman in ropes deciding on what we get to do in our lives, whether it's not, if we get to speak freely or not. And I think I asked you earlier in the week, Lisa, I'm not, I'm not trying to put you on the spot with the question. It's kind of rhetorical. But what is the penalty to the government for violating the First Amendment? <laughs> <laughs> what is the it, penalty to the government for anything, man? Now, I know. Wow, right? I, I, know that, I know that the First Amendment is written down. I've read it. I can't recite it to you. I'm not one of those guys. Um, but I know it's supposed to guarantee me some sort of free speech. Now, I know that that also doesn't apply in certain settings. I guess guys in robes decided that, you know, if it's in the public square, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be now, um, everything's good. But if you have a job, if you have a life, if you have a relationship, if you have business ventures, if you have anything in, 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 that you're uh, wanting wanting in life that the system can provide you, 
do you have free speech in this country? Like, <laughs> you know, you, you get a little out of line. Say that you call out the FBI for being corrupt, right? <laughs> say, say, it's say a you club, call out an organization. It, hmm? Yeah. And, 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 like, do they, can they, can they, is there reprisals? <laughs> you know, can, can, can people oh. be doxxed? Can people lose their jobs? Can people be threatened? Can people be swatted? Can people have all sorts of terrible fucking things happen to them for speaking out, for being whistleblowers? Can people have their law licenses taken from them, Lisa? <laughs> Wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> know anything about that shit, right? <laughs> you know, God forbid that act that that is that uh, uh, actual bar carter who actually will stand up and tell the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Uh, yeah, they, they don't like that in the system now, do they? Yeah. That's, uh... No, but here's they don't the thing. like things being but on people... record either. I know that. <laughs> they keep everything off oh. the record. <laughs> Somehow. Right? Some here way. We go back. But here we go back to John B, though. That's what's so special about what John Budwen is doing. And, and you know, what, I, what I've tried to... Uh, to have uh, accomplished is to set a record for people to be able to take the time to be able to see what actually is going on. Mm. And by the way, and uh, just one other thought I wanted to get out there. See what people have, if they haven't figured out government is a lethal weapon, right? And people, you know, Right now, with the and not uh, the good that, Danny uh, Glover, Mel Gibson kind either. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> I especially yeah, love when they brought Joe movie. Pesci into the mix. <laughs> especially the, the drive-through, the whole "they fuck you" at the drive-through thing, which is a universal truth. And boy, <laughs> this was even before COVID. Like, have you have you noticed that the services industry itself has completely shit itself lately? <laughs> Like, have things declined? Like, are we in, like, post-idiocracy level, like, when it comes to that? Like, you're going to have people begging for the touch screens at these places, folks. Like, that, I think that's the whole angle. <laughs> I know, right? They, they, they're trying to create a whole new incentive. <laughs> I mean, unless, unless yeah. I were court-ordered to be there, and even that, I don't know if I'd want to work in fast food right now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Just such a job. And imagine like you go to get that um, starter job, you know, and, and some of our people, some, you know, our friend, Chris Grimes, he, he started out his career, you know, and, and a really long relationship working at a McDonald's. It happens. You know, we we take those jobs, folks, because that's supposed to be what forms our professional uh, life, you know, our, our furthering our, our business career or anything like that, or the job skills. That's what it's always, you know that or you're just you're starving and you'll work anywhere in order to survive or like i said you're you're being released from somewhere so you got to get a job or something um and, and those types of jobs though like what what's the reward at the end of the week that you get like i know that you work hard do you do you sit back and say i worked hard but then like you it reminds me of the the dusty roads hard times promo right and then a computer took your job, Daddy. 
<laughs> you know, you 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 look around. You've been busting your ass. You made your way up to a you know half assistant manager or key holder, or whatever the fuck, for the weekend, and then now they got the screens, and then you get people it's in there whole, just yelling at you because the screen doesn't work. Go. Yeah, it's a now whole you're the tech guy. Everybody, everybody <laughs> worked for the weekend, right? Come on, cueing that song. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. If we had a music license here, folks, would be this this would be one of the most stream of consciousness <laughs> radio shows ever. Um, but yeah, I, I I just I just think to those moments. Like I, I'm right now, I mean, thankfully in life, I am not in that position, but the kids that are starting out and I see at those jobs when I when I stop into those places, which I try not to very often, by the way. Um, because God only knows, like I I imagine. That if the water that I'm drinking being filled with fluoride and God knows what the fuck else, um, that I don't even know what's in fast food, like when it comes to the chemical balances. Like you want to talk about forever chemicals, folks, like the shit I grew up eating in my culture. Oh, I don't even I don't even know. I, I'm 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 storing rare earth minerals as far as I fucking know. <laughs> like, like I don't know. Like I don't know what was inside that stuff growing up, man. It tastes different now, though, to me. Like, I think it's gotten worse. It's definitely gotten smaller. Like, <laughs> okay, were you were you a, were you a Lucky Charms kind of kid? <laughs> I was I was a skinny little bastard up until the time I'm gonna say about first grade, and then I s discovered that I liked uh, hamburgers, and then uh, fifth grade was steak. F fifth grade was like, okay, now I'm now I'm into carnivore territory already, but um, I and I really didn't start. And then I got on a bad uh, trip with soda. Man, I used to drink like two liters of soda all the time. And that stuff is fucking oh, poison. See, that that was the big thing, right? The sodas, man. Oh, man. That, yeah. Oh, I would crush soda. I mean, like like orange crush. Speaking of the word crush, but like anything orange like that. Oh, absolutely. Those Stewart's, like the ones that are come in the glass Mountain bottles Dew. with the actual caps and shit. Oh, yeah. Destroy those. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Oh, Mountain yeah. Dew Mountain Dew. Right? Yeah. They they say that the Mountain Dew. I don't know if this has ever been proven, but the yellow number five in there. I guess you got to drink a lot of it, right? It's probably like a trip to tryptophan thing where you have to eat like eight whole turkeys and drink ten gallons of milk to get enough tryptophan for it to knock you out. But um, I'm pretty sure I've heard that the yellow five in Mountain Dew is supposed to kill sperm. Um, maybe that's gotten me out of a few hairy situations in life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not gonna cough well, anything there one. on there. <laughs> uh, I'm just downing Mountain Dew. Please kill it. Please kill it. Please kill it. No, but um, yeah. I just uh, with all that drinking of the sugar though. Like I heard that it just it hits your body so much fucking harder. And like nowadays, now that I've been off the sugar for a while, like I feel like I'm fucked up if I eat something or drink something, especially sugary. Like it just immediately hits my blood sugar. And then afterwards it's like, I got to take a nap. I don't know why. I think it's insulin resistance stuff. Uh, probably from abusing my body over the years of being good to myself and then not so good to myself and then back and forth. That's probably not good for you either. Um, yeah. Shout out to heart disease. Um, but uh, yeah. And then other stuff too, like speaking of which, like the, of the, the main topic I'll say for this episode, the, uh, the cocaine and the White House deal. Man, do you imagine like clearing out an entire building like that during a party 
for like just like a little bag of cocaine? <laughs> like at any Washington DC party. Yeah. I mean, like uh, I, I mean, I'll shout out to Tim Pool for this. I mean, he did bring up a valid point. Imagine a Washington DC party without it. Like, do you think that the people that we yeah. have in power in this country aren't yoked to the gills <laughs> at times or drunk? Or, uh, I mean, just pick a fucking pill. And with their little health plan that they voted to give themselves that we pay for, um, they probably get the best pills. They probably get pills that we can't get. You know, I, I, God only knows what kind of drugs they can get their hands on. <laughs> okay, They're probably right? talking to like clockwork fucking elves and shit on the weekends. And like, that's, I mean, I, I may get an opportunity. I'm just saying to speak with some of the folks at Union of the Unwanted. And I was told that it might be about aliens. And I'm kind of going to preface what I'm going to get into there if given the opportunity with. Right. I, we're not talking about immigration, right? <laughs> no, not them oh, aliens. <laughs> not them aliens. But um, no, I mean, but like the uh, the bug-eyed fucks that, you know, that they abduct people and all that other stuff. Like I'm thinking like, okay. Um let's just say that you're being abducted by a government that wants to experiment on you. Let's just say, um, maybe oh, they that, hit you. That, that's so, that's so far-fetched sex. Yeah. Yeah. Why would the government want to do medical experiments on its own citizens? That's never happened in the fucking ever. Um, but yeah, uh, imagine that that's happening. And then are they just going to like show up and throw you in a cage, like in an old school, like sci-fi, like type of movie, you know, where like everything's styrofoam on the set or something, you know, the real physical props. But uh, no, I mean, they're not going to do that. They're probably going to hit you with something. And if they hit you with a drug, have you ever like seen shit? <laughs> Can you see things from like, you know, being put under for a surgery. Can you be loopy after waking up after getting a wisdom tooth out, folks? Yeah. So what are you going to see? Are you going to see distorted images? Like big giant eyes? Are you going to see like people that are somewhat taller because it looks like the room is being stretched? What are the after effects of getting hit by a fucking blow dart or whatever else that they could do to make you loopy? Maybe even a frequency. Hmm. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, what what could that do to your brain? Can you distort the human interpretation to see these things? And is that a common side effect? Because we know that drugs do have side effects, folks. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's why they have to give you all that extra space at the end of one of their fucking commercials to, to run through the 17,000 different side effects that they just discovered. And that was probably just the ones that they discovered with maybe a couple hundred people over a few years and that's if they did it according to the book there <laughs> let, alone, let alone what they did you with the shots <laughs> so and we're seeing more stuff like that coming out uh, shout out to our friend guard goldsmith for always sharing things from uh different people too uh he he shared some stuff uh from steve kirsch that i'm gonna check out and uh guard does a great job over at liberty conspiracy uh he popped in on the, the conspiring with mr cooper last saturday so uh Shout out to Guard, man. We're gonna we're gonna have to uh, talk to that cat sometime soon here on the show. Uh, he's always a fun time, Lisa. I think that if you oh, just I let Guard Goldsmith and I just go for like eight hours, we could fill the time. Like I would just ask him <laughs> all the different questions that popped into mind, and he'd have something to say. 
he he is the professor of liberty like he's he's the guy that he doesn't just look like is. professor x he is the professor x of liberty for sure <laughs> it's like the dude my, my go-to dude yeah and especially like with uh sort of my my change from like maybe still clinging on to a bit of the state right the little bit of the oh yeah we can get the right people in there we can do the right job we can uh we can elect we can elect somebody and then we can all stand up and we can get together on the national level and then you listen to someone like Gar Goldsmith go over the history of stuff with you and you're like okay well maybe that's a bad idea <laughs> you know and a lot of people throw their hands up right like I'd say that you know, for me the, the the darkest times really in, in doing a show like this are when people just want to fucking quit and just throw their hands up at it right. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie that I haven't experienced that when it's just like, what the fuck do we do? You know, right. it's okay. Cueing that song, cueing that song, throw your hands up in the air. Like you don't care. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, that's the thing too. That's the freeing thing of it. Then, then you, I think it's more freeing, not having the rules then. Like that's what I had to sort of discover is that when you take the rules of Great the old rules. society away, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because they've eroded anyway. Yeah, like you've you you've taken a, a bureaucracy, right? That that's what we currently live in. We live in a massive bureaucracy. Uh, we live in rules that are constructed on top of rules that intertwine with other rules. And if you know anything about plants, like our friend Tiger and other people in my life who have taught me this, is that when you let a plant grow out of control in the same pot, it gets root bound. Like all, all of the soil sort of just disappears out of the, out of the pot. And it's just like, you pull up the plant. It's just nothing but intertwined roots. It's just a crazy, insane mess of just roots. You couldn't possibly like yeah. trace it. But he, and even when it's not in a, in a, uh, an enclosed container, uh, like when um, my husband grows like the mint. Um, oh yeah. It's like, it goes wild man taking me back there lisa with the mint i used to back when i drank used to dig the mojitos that muddled mint oh that's that's a good drink that's a damn good drink well cheers everybody um no but yeah the uh the the idea of just our bureaucracy is very much like that though it's just a ball of roots that we can't even unbound anymore like it's just all wrapped in itself um but we got to take it out of the pot we got to take it out of the constriction that it's in and put it in a pot more more of its size. Now that means that you know maybe that the the way that we have our national system set up, our three branches especially, and we're going to talk about that in this show, particularly the Supreme Court, because the Supreme Court, if you ask me, is a toothless entity. It has no way of asserting itself onto the other branches. It can declare certain things. And then what was the first reaction this past week uh, about anything, about uh, censorship or other things, um, that the government is just going to continue finding a way around the limitations that the, that the Supreme Court puts in its place? It never takes an L and then goes back to doing whatever else. It, it, it always looks to continue its agenda. And what kind of sway do we have over the Supreme Court? Like as a people, like we don't elect them. 
We don't appoint so them here's, power. Here's the thing. People actually think like we have representation. I mean, is that the biggest? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the biggest uh, myth and sickest joke there is. Well, it starts off with that fallacy. Yeah. I mean, we're rooted, we're rooted to our own selves. And then when our root goes into the soil and intertwines with these other roots, that's where everything goes to shit. <laughs> I mean, you, you have to be in a better environment and something that's made or set up for you to thrive. Like if, if, if you get what I'm saying and we don't have any sort of limitations or boundaries or power over the Supreme Court as people, as citizens of this country. Like these are politically appointed people that are elected by people that we don't even vote for sometimes, right? That it's just, it's a couple more people on this side, one, quote unquote, and then they get to choose how society and rules work now every four years or so and the lifetime appointment thing too which is pretty insane because my my views have changed drastically over the past close to two years doing this i can only imagine the way somebody's views would change being in the position in the supreme court for many decades i mean where where can your mind travel to i mean after seeing all that and what makes them the ultimate decider? Like, that's just so weird that we impart that type of power onto somebody to look at something and say, you know what, five to four decision, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to look this way. It, this is the way abortion works. This is the way that free speech works. This is the way that the government's right to even inject things into you works. Like that it's just going to be up to that one fucking person <laughs> to make the deciding and so, vote. And, and so that's what it's like the cringe moment for me when I like stroll on the uh, Twitter feed or whatever and see people, you know, uh, touting democracy. We want democracy. What the? <laughs> Do you people understand what democracy really is? Hello. Oh, and, and if you're believing right now, like say that you're on the conservative side and you think that a story like this breaking that a federal judge, um, you know, coming out and saying that uh, the government can't work with social media companies to spy on you and uh, conspire against you and to censor you. Boy, what else would they do if they're going to do that? And again, I'll ask, what's the penalty? What if it continues to do it or not? The federal judge can ban it all at once, Lisa. But is the judge just yeah. gonna is, is the judge gonna walk up to the White House and like arrest Biden? <laughs> you know, if he orders you know, people to censor have we, us. Have we not learned anything about that funny thing about when they decide about enforcement uh of supposed rules and laws? That that's a fickle kind of thing there, isn't it? Um well, and the, the other dictator, um, the, the, the other competing dictator in this or authoritarian, you know, being Biden, I'd say that he at least has access to some sort of um, private army of people. You could call them the Justice Department. Uh, but, uh, yeah. You mean, I'm sorry, thugs? Henchmen? Yeah. 
Yeah, because didn't we learn recently, and we should have all learned, that the Justice Department is under the auspices of the Office of the Presidency. I don't think anyone ever corrected me on that one, Lisa. I, I'm pretty sure we're correct in stating that the president controls the Justice Department, at least to some extent, right? Maybe not every facet or something. Well, I'll get that well, one possible. Here's an exception. Theoretically, well, right. I mean, but that that's well, that's what the blueprint says. <laughs> yeah. Was it a bad blueprint, folks? <laughs> you know, when, when you when you hear about how that works, when you actually look at it, like all my life I grew up with just like if there was a big Supreme Court decision, like thinking about like the just the, the type of people that it takes and like the, the the odds of even making it to being a Supreme Court justice. But then like, I don't know why we just take it for granted that that is so. Like you see people demonstrating now about the uh, uh, affirmative action deal, about you see them demonstrating about the uh, the student loans. I brought that up a little bit earlier. You know, with the stuff with the student loans, like these people out there, like, oh, we were, we were promised this. What? <laughs> like, are you new? Are you new to politics? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's what, that's what they do. I mean, they promised something that wasn't supposed to be a right in the first fucking place, if you ask me, but whatever, you know, so they promise something and then they don't deliver it to you. Well, what you going to do? I mean... You're going to protest about it. That's fine. You have the you have the right to do that. In fact, the, the media will probably show those people. <laughs> they'll show them in a good light. You know, they'll show them being peaceful and chanting and pumping their fists in the air, woo and whatever. Yeah, like it'll it'll be it'll be great. But what's that? What's that going to do? Like, I hate to be that black pilled guy, but it's just like if you wanted the government to pay off your student loans and they decided not to, I mean. Them's the breaks. Like you're dependent on the government to do that. You're dependent. Like the, it's all three branches of one government, isn't it? It's just one giant entity. We're supposed to believe that this is just one big entity altogether. They're not separate competing governments within one another, are they? Like it's not like, oh, this is the judicial branch is, you know, fighting the executive branch. No, I mean, it's guys, I mean, if it's not a complete work. I mean, they're at least working together. So, I mean, I I don't think that um, I, I think the idea, or maybe even kicking the can down the road to twenty twenty four, if I'm thinking strategy here, just for a second, um, you have a Supreme Court decision that says that you're not going to have your student loans paid back. Which, by the way, I paid mine off. I guess that makes me a fucking mark. Uh, I guess if you don't steal. <laughs> from where you work <laughs> that you're a mark right <laughs> i mean because that's that's what it boils down to i mean uh, we all work for a giant company it's called the the government <laughs> you could call it the united states of america america whatever like you know you could call it your state even um uh, but we all work for a giant corporation um that is the state at this point uh, because no matter who you are or what you've done for your country in the past, like we saw with that Gordon Call story last week with Ken. Shout out to Ken. He does an awesome job. Uh, go over to Headline USA. Check out his work and others. But if you take a look at that story, you could be a World War II veteran. You could be decorated. Um, you could be a uh, pillar of your community. But you're going to pay taxes or they're going to come after you. So who do you work for? I mean, <laughs> ultimately, 
they're gonna they're they're gonna get theirs. So who owns us? Who owns this country? And who right. runs it? And and I, I asked people to go back and listen to that great interview that uh, we had last week with uh, Ken, because talk mm-hmm. about what happens when you don't pay your taxes. Holy shit, folks! I'd love to be a tax protester. Hell, I might be forced to be in the future because there's an entire army of collectors that they're hiring now and arming too. Doesn't it make you think like, man, something's coming. Like, you know more, what? I just, <laughs> that, know? Just, that just gave, that just gave me a, a terrible flash of, um, you know, the stormtroopers and star Wars, you know? Oh yeah. Clone Wars. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Well, maybe not that one. I'll, I'll take, I'll take any stormtrooper from any of the original three over the clone wars. But um, yeah, even with Star Wars stuff, I, it as it turns out, I guess there's creepy Star Wars types of things uh, out there connected to the child trafficking stuff that that's happening. Um, I, I got wind of that on a special edition of Conspiring with Mister Cooper, the Lightning Thunder Buddy edition um, that we'll have back up on TMP soon. Um, I'm working on a new system, folks, where we can get those longer episodes up and streaming. So. But uh, it was it was a good one. Um, Chris's reactions to Thunder at the beginning were fucking hilarious. Uh, so I recommend uh, I recommend it just for that. But uh, no, the great conversation that um, Tom and Chris had with Dana afterwards too uh, was was fantastic. And also uh, Dana was just on uh, the Tiger's Den on uh, Wednesday night. So we have all those episodes uploaded now too to all TMP platforms. But uh, Lisa, do you want to jump into uh, this week's Big Four? I'm going to pull up this story. Um, let me do the screen share thingy. Do, 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 do. No, not that one. Oh, we want that one. Awesome. So uh, this is from Daily Mail, folks. This is federal judge bans Biden administration members from meeting with social media companies over accusations they colluded with execs to create an Orwellian ministry of truth during COVID and censored conservatives. Well, gee, does that prove what, what, a, what a novel concept? What a novel concept. What? Yeah. Does uh, that prove uh, that they uh, did, though? The, the, the first the, the one of the one of the great lessons I've learned from Lisa Belanger is, is that when you're reading a headline like this that says that a judge decided something, does that really prove that that thing is real? You know, don't take it for granted that a judge said something because they may have misinterpreted it. Maybe they didn't even read the shit that they were supposed to. Maybe they don't know fuck all oh, about the case. <laughs> oh, say, say it ain't so. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or if you're, some of our friends on Twitter have pointed out, maybe they're friends with the prosecutors. You know, maybe they go golfing together. Maybe they hang out on boats together and stuff like that. And they're good, good old, old college chums, good old buddy pals, you know, hanging out at the country oh, club. What? Lunch at lunch, you know, you get during, uh, you know, recess, you get the court recess, you know, you got to go for a little bear, you know, quickie. Well, and and that's that's the thing, too. That gets down to like more local courts than federal courts. I mean, uh, the 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 thing that's always been proposed to me is that because the the federal government being this out of control and corrupt. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, we need to focus on local. Hell, yeah, we do, because locals also corrupt as fuck. <laughs> like, you think this shit is bad? 
I mean, they're ripping people out of their homes. They're they're costing them fortunes. You know, they're they're taking people like taking away. away their family members. Taking away their family members, yes. Now, what happened to us all in sort of this little wing of media uh during COVID? Like we're we're fully banned off of YouTube. Shout out to anybody that still can have a YouTube channel. And God knows how you're getting any views over there because they'll definitely smash you into the ground too in their algorithm. They know what's up. They know the type of stuff that you do and what you say. Um, maybe that's why they're a CIA cutout. I don't know. But um, at least that's what I've heard. But then you look at um, what the Justice Department, which is, again, under the office of the presidency, under that that part of the three branches, right? The FBI. White House, see, that whole group are among those banned from contact with big tech. Who enforces that? Does the FBI enforce the, own, the, the rule on itself? Does the White House have an army of people to enforce the FBI and Justice Department from having contact with big tech? Are they going to be spying on their... their is the government going to spy on its own agencies to make sure that the government isn't contacting big tech? Who the fuck watches these people? Who makes sure that this ruling does anything? Is it all just bullshit? Is it all just smoke? Because it says a ruling of victory for Republicans. Yay, we celebrate we celebrate Republican victories a lot here in alternative media, don't we? The the big like, oh, it came out that yeah, Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Ta-da. Well, guess what, jerky? They already got the election. What the fuck are you celebrating? <laughs> I mean, just if, if just that story alone, and this is just, just a premise that's been floated, but if just that story alone with Hunter Biden in the fucking laptop, if that would have swayed the election to go in Trump's direction, if you think that maybe that would have made this country any fucking better for whatever reason too, maybe that's an argument to be made. But still, if you look at what happened on paper, of who won? Who made the play? It worked. They won. And then afterwards, you find out, you, yeah, they did cheat, but they still won, motherfucker. Like, what are you going to do about it, it afterwards? Are you going to be Lynn Wood? Are you going to take it to him like Lynn Wood did? <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> you knew they were going to cheat, right? So we, the proclamations of the going to cheat, the going to cheat, but we're not going to do anything about it. That could be done about it, but... And it's just like, I mean, I, right. I guess like if you would have talked to me a year ago, Lisa, like back before we started hanging out, especially, and you told me that it had come out, sorry about the burps, the case involving Biden's White House, Google, Twitter, and Meta, that finally something was published, maybe proving that the shit that I've been claiming since like 2018, and maybe even before that to like friends at parties and stuff like that. And just long conversations with, with people that are really close to me. Well, Hey, something bad is happening with media right now. Something is going here. Something doesn't feel right. Like why, why are they singling out people like Alex Jones and Tommy Robbins? Why are they allowing to get away with um, preventing you from saying anything positive about them? on social media platforms or else you'll get strikes or get banned. Um, why are they dictating if those people are real or not? 
They're still getting the ultimate ability to dictate how you feel about shit. Now, also, they dictate what you can actually say in public. Now, that also includes informing people. So if I wanted to tell somebody about the story of Eric Chiaramella that I've heard, now, nothing that I can prove that makes him the uh, CIA whistleblower that blew the whistle on Trump that started Russiagate, you know, with the rules that they changed like three or four weeks beforehand so that he could be considered a whistleblower given the circumstances. Oh Not my shady God. at you all. Know, I, 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 can we throw out that term whistleblower because it's just so like. Well, like, yeah. Look how they exploit yeah. that shit too. Oh, here's a whistleblower. Well, what happens after they blow the whistle? Like even when it's been exposed that the government does massive wrongdoing, like in the case of the NSA or a, name an agency recently, right? Does anybody even lose their fucking job? Like we talked about it last week, Kevin Kleinsmith, it was the lawyer that uh, apparently, uh, according to record, at least, uh, no, falsified no, documents. Promoted. Yeah. You get promoted. Yeah, you get promoted. You get your law license back. Kevin Kleinsmith has his law license back as far as I know. He falsified FBI documents that led to a massive investigation of, of a fucking sitting sitting president uh, that cost, what, a, a billion dollars, maybe? A couple million, a couple hundred million, maybe. I mean, who knows? And it's still ongoing. I mean, the whole Russia tie-in in itself. I mean, it leads me to believe that's what sort of had me arrive at the belief, too, that uh, the entire Ukraine-Russia conflict um, is part of a bigger story arc and it, it involves all of these people now we're being fed this information too um by news agencies that talk to people in the government so is the information that we're getting even <laughs> like in any yeah, of these stories even relatively but, but, true is anything real an anymore <laughs> no no See, that's the thing. This is the one big Truman show, right? This is all like people are playing the parts. Like it's the government investigating itself with the media on its side. So no matter how that they're going to play this or spin this, like it's still in somebody else's control before it reaches us. And that's why we and the alternative media, it, it is our, I think it is our, I'm not going to, Maybe paint in the broad brush for everybody, but at least you know for folks that fuck around on TMP, it's it's our duty to be critical. You know, I I want to I want to be able to celebrate that the government can't be in my life when it ever comes to my social media presence in the world, and I don't I choose not to really use it in my private life anymore because it's just disgusting to me that they will take the best moments of my life. That I could document and they will commercialize them and use that and use that against me. Because also, I'm bound to it. Like pictures that are dear to me, videos that are dear to me, moments and things like that, and you know, conversations even that I've shared with people that they can threaten to ban you or boot you off of a website like that just because you posted a, uh, an article about Tommy Robinson and his daughter being sexually assaulted. That's what really woke me up. I mean, I could have close to 5,000 friends. Oh, look at me. I could be popular. 
I could have a whole bunch of people paying attention to what I say, maybe disagreeing with it. That's fine. But say something wrong about the wrong person, and all those connections go away. Oh, and by the way, did you know, Lisa, that you can advertise on Facebook? <laughs> did you know that Meta as an advertising platform in itself, that its imprint, that its control over that fucking market is staggering? Now, apply that to entertainment, folks. The, the, the one that I'm banned from? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Like, you just, if you can't promote your business on Meta, especially in certain industries, you're kind of fucked because they control the advertising market, a lot of it. That is a, that is a major player for people's source of news and information, um, especially about particular things. And they don't go other places. Like when just in the bullet points here, when it talks about, let's look at this, Google, which includes YouTube, Twitter, and Meta. That's that's McDonald's, Burger King, and Wendy's, right? Those are the places that everybody fucking goes to, at least sometimes in their life. You know, most people that look for media, look for information, look for news about the stories that we're covering today. Where are they going? They're going to those places. They go to those tr those digital troughs where they put the slop out for everybody to consume. Slop that's been curated by people in the fucking White House, um, people in the Justice Department, the FBI, definitely people in the intelligence agencies. I mean, come on, how many fucking people work for Twitter's safety. I, I think Phil Abonte was going over this the other night and he said that there was just, what, more than a dozen people, formerly uh, uh, spooks, intelligence, whatever the fuck you want to call them, <laughs> you know, head fuckers involved in Twitter's health, you know, safety, uh, health and safety team or whatever the fuck that they call it over there. Standards and practices, they used to call it back in the day. I mean, now, I mean, when you look at companies like Google and Meta, you look at Twitter and Meta fighting each other. Yeah, they're they're AT and T, Verizon, and Sprint. You know, they're they're the uh, Coke, Pepsi, and what the fuck, R RC Cola. <laughs> you know, of companies. Right? Can, can we go back to the can we go back to the wrestling theme again? Right? Well, yeah. <laughs> back in my day, you had WWF, you had WCW, and you had ECW. <laughs> uh, People like Billy Ray Valentine and I were watching a lot of ECW back then too. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, no, but uh, you always seem that you get like two or three big choices when it comes down to it. Is that, I mean, that might be just how hierarchies work whenever it comes to, even if air you want to this tall. Yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. But if you look at the choices and you look at the similarities in them, of who runs them, who works for them, who designs their bureaucracies inside of these little tyrannies, these little companies that sort of get the protection of government and get to get away with murder too. I mean, I, I said last week, you know, when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he bought a fucking gold mine whenever it comes to metadata in this in this world. Like if, if you watch the movie uh, The Dissident about Jamal Khashoggi, and you see how Twitter was used to pretty much set him up to get him murdered. Um, I mean, when I, when I started using the platform, 
that was one of the concerns that I had was just like how much of the use of this and what I think and feel when I'm feeding it into this system is going to be used to sort of uh, gameplay against me because you're give, you're giving it your emotions you're giving it your reactions your thumbs up your thumbs downs your retweets whatever the fuck like you give it that stuff you think they don't make plays after they receive that information they're making plays on how you're going to react four or five steps down the road if not more this isn't just a back and forth we're just like we win they win like they try and prop up for our elections they're just like oh democrats win so you just get to live in democrat universe for four to eight years and maybe your entire life could be turned upside down and the economy could fucking fall apart and you could lose your job and you could break up with your your significant other and your whole entire life is fucked up or some other guy could win and maybe it'd be slightly better maybe it'd be a little bit different that's always like the ro the romance right of it that just oh maybe maybe if trump did win you know maybe we wouldn't be sitting here maybe we wouldn't have so much to complain about that's such a romantic idea to have i'm not saying it's real <laughs> you know but i mean the the difference that yeah, that okay. can make though I got, I got... <laughs> The difference that that can make, though, I mean, of just the control. Imagine if, you know, Google, Twitter, and Meta were working with Trump the whole time. Were they? <laughs> uh, whoops. Did, yeah. Did Google, Twitter, and Meta need a big bad? Did they need a giant heel to uh, use with pretty much everyone in my fucking former culture? I mean, when I think back to the 2016 years on and just like random conversation, like people would just walk up to you and blurt out like fucking Trump and Trump said this. Did you hear what Trump did? I'd be like, oh, my God, I, fucking, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear your and especially like through through these things like uh, Twitter and, and especially Facebook, the meta properties, seeing people's thoughts and feelings and reactions to political stories on meta is what really had it make sense to me what was going on um because i could see the play and reaction and then the reaction after they judge your reaction they can see what they they can get away with essentially um if they're allowed certain behaviors if there isn't outrage if there isn't people dropping if there isn't media covering it especially like the media plays a huge huge factor in that i mean how much of alternative media is based around information that's shared on twitter a metric shit ton you know how many fucking quotes from from uh twitter videos that i've watched in my lifetime when i aggregate information to do this shit i mean the amount of people that just go to twitter pull it up and then that's the news how effective well, you know what of, the biggest the, how effective of a wrangling you know technique is that when it comes to mentality right? <laughs> what's that lisa well but the but well the the biggest one now is what they're, they're propping up that fight between elon and zuck right <laughs> oh that's what we're meant to believe there too yeah that they're actually competing against each other and not in cahoots with one another because they're all run by the same people 
from the same agencies, from the same backgrounds, the same schools, um, the same type of military service. Yeah, they don't have a shared culture that they'd be loyal to outside of a relationship between you who have, has never met them in your life, <laughs> right? <laughs> and only and only connection with them essentially is through your views, clicks, and tax dollars. Um, that somehow they're going to be loyal to you, just like these judges are going to be loyal to Trump because Trump, uh, you know, appointed them and other things, like just that fallacy too. Like, why would that? Why would that err on their oh, judgment? Yeah, we, we see how that worked out for J six too, right? Uh, yeah, that's almost Trump admitting judges. right off front. Like they, <laughs> they kind of they let the the truth slip out in that description. Is that if you're politically appointed, well, then you're corrupt <laughs> because you're fucking politically appointed. Like you're expected to rule on the side of whatever that party, quote unquote, um, it, whatever their platform is. Like if you're Sotomayor in, in the Supreme, right? You're, you're supposed to err on the side of just like kill every baby ever. Um, if if illegal immigrants want to come here in the millions, fuck it. Like you're supposed to just follow every single thing that the Democrats say. So then people that cheer for the right side of the spectrum, the other side that's presented to us, the the the, the Pepsi or the Coke, whatever the fuck, you know, and and then they start cheering for. Uh, the Clarence Thomases and these other people to stand up and do the right thing at the right times for people. Well, what if, what if they decide to retire tomorrow? What happens? What happens if something happens to Clarence Thomas? God forbid. I don't want anything to. But then, where does it rule then? You know that one extra vote that would have saved millions of lives, saved millions of babies, maybe. Oh, you're oh, gonna you put that, that down that, on the, the five four, those five four decisions. You mean? <laughs> yes, that absurdity. That it come, it came down to one person's fucking opinion on whether or not millions of lives, billions of lives in the future. I mean, come on, we're talking about the future of humanity here. It's a shame that we took that little sidebar into eugenics for so many fucking decades. But maybe we can escape that. I don't even know who we and is. No conflicts of interest, right? Be. No conflicts of interest there. Nothing to see. Oh, there, none. Folks. None whatsoever. I mean, it's not like these people have to live and exist in the same social and cultural circles, right? <laughs> that they're just, you know, they're they're. I'm, I'm sure Clarence Thomas is just an island unto himself. I'm sure, there's no there's no ties there. There's no money woes, no issues I've ever. Oh yeah, there has there has been stuff that's been brought up. <laughs> who knows? Because again. It's the government investigating itself with the media reporting on it that's on their side. So, I mean, I guess let's read on. <laughs> it says a federal judge on Tuesday blocked key Biden administration agencies and officials from meeting and communicating with big tech companies in an extraordinary ruling that could change how social media is used. Uh, how has it been used then? Now, it says in his dramatic ruling on Tuesday, Donald Trump appointed judge Terry A. Dottie. Doty said that during the COVID-19 pandemic, the United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth. Now, I think that that oh, sounds like seems, a great description. Seems, you like that word? Yeah. Oh, seems to have. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Welcome the, to the real world. But the true asshole skeptic in me, Lisa, immediately 
like after you know doing this for a little while, my first question would be that, okay, show me. How was it an Orwellian ministry of truth? Because I want I want to see the government's contact information. I want to see their the the points from where the government contacted the, the social media companies, just like a phone record, it could be electronic records, uh, IP addresses, uh, all that stuff should be documented. Like I want to know who within the government did that too. Like you can't just you know throw a blanket on and says the United States government. Yeah, there was a lot of people, but there's people inside of the government that did this. Who were they? And what penalty are they suffering? None. <laughs> you bl and, you blame the abstract. How about, how about the fact that even the beginning? You notice the beginning, the COVID nineteen pandemic. <laughs> Facts not in evidence. Like there was a pandemic. Come on. Yeah. And Manufactured. Uh, well, and with it too, it says the injunction is in response, yes, to a lawsuit brought by Republican attorneys general in Louisiana and Missouri who claim that the government engaged in censorship and shut down conservative voices. Okay. I mean, I I'm not going to argue with that. Um, what did they get to examine here? I wonder. Like, if you're if you have a case like that, Lisa, say that you're an attorney general, that should give you some power, right? What do you think they got to look at when they were investigating the big boy government, the federal government? Does the state government just just gets to go in and audit the federal government in any way, and what it does? Is there any uh, standards there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I'm just thinking on my feet here, folks. I mean, this is just something um, I, I ask myself these questions all the time when I read through these articles on my own. So why not do it on the show? But, you know, like if if you're in this position where you're an attorney general in Louisiana or Missouri, you know, respectable states, and you decide that you want to uh, prove that the government censored its own people, what what reach do you have? Like, what power do you have to ask the federal government to sort of turn over the documents, um, to turn over the records, to give you the list of names of people that did this to the people? Is there any penalty that the federal government will pay? Even if they violate this, even if they willfully just walk right into it, violate it, what's going to happen? Is the judge going to bang his gavel? Is it, are they going to send a bailiff to the White Ooh. House? Oh, you know? <laughs> like could would they hold ah. Biden in contempt? Ooh. Could you see that? Could you see that? Um, now it says the states argue that government officials went too far in their efforts to encourage social media companies to address posts they worried could contribute to COVID vaccine hesitancy or upend elections. Now, do you think that they're thinking about that because they're trying to figure out how the fuck you think all the time? If you're if you're worried about pre-crime, folks, are you trying to profile people then? Wouldn't you look to like people's wants, needs, desires, you know, the stories and the things that they express on 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 Facebook, for instance? Um, all the names of their friends and family members and all the people tagged in their important photos in their life. You think that think that they would gather all the information on this people thought people's thoughts and feelings and you know just try and figure out how they'd react if they decided to force people into taking shots that they didn't want 
just seeing people how they how they would take to the government saying, yeah, you, you should take this. It's good for you. And what happens to the people that say, ah, you might want to think twice about it. Get the, the pushback of, well, you're doing your own research. <laughs> That's dangerous. What does that contribute to? I mean, uh, if you're worried about what could contribute to COVID vaccine hesitancy or upend elections, um, well, I'd say the results from the uh, vaccine experiment that may cause some vaccine hesitancy in the future, and also the upended election, because I still don't think that that's been yeah, settled. Yeah, up, upended elections. Uh, uh, let's see how now. How could that possibly happen? Hmm. Well. Let's let's read on because it'll go into our next article too. Um, the government officials are argued the contact was necessary to combat misinformation or thwart criminal activity. So they're they're superheroes. They can read what here people are going to do. And here we go again. Don't you love that? Well, uh, misinformation. Let's see. Yeah. Let's define that. They're going to know how you interpret information. They're going to know what you're going to do with that information, whether or not if you're going to do some something criminal even with that information. And why would you why would you be so outraged of hearing about something that you'd even take to criminality? I don't know what those things would be. Um, but also, it says the case involved President Joe Biden's White House, Google, and my Sundar Pichai, Twitter led by Elon Musk, and Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram led by Mark Zuckerberg. I wonder if those are powerful people. Now, it does have the documentation here, uh, somewhat in the gallery, Lisa, so we like that. Um, we're, we're also looking to build up what we call our uh, TMP document vault here, uh, which we take documents like this and add them to a, a, a public uh, place that people can go to find those, like a, a public library of sorts where people can find court transcripts. We're looking for J6 cases and other cases, uh, too, related to politics that people want to submit. So we're looking to document a bunch of this stuff too from COVID. So I'd love to uh, get court transcripts from uh, our friend John B. Actually, um, upload stuff like that, or anybody else that has court transcripts from dealing with COVID cases. We'll gladly upload them to the TMP document vault. So that way, yeah. researchers in the future will have access to information like this from the courts, because this is the best thing that we yeah, got. We we have we have stuff files. that's written down. Yeah. What's up, Lisa? And court filings, you know, the pleadings, oh, the motions yes. that, yeah. that they've that in opposition yeah. that are filed. Because that's that's the best form of documentation that we have for your interaction with the system that we currently have. Like, be it corrupt or not, be it a fallacy, be it complete bullshit or not, um, at least something is written down where people have examined certain things, make certain claims. Um, explain certain things uh, that you may not hear, uh, especially in the media, or what gets lost and and sort of like what what gets uh, put aside because what's more focused on, and even in in cases, uh, I'd say so. Finding all the good B sides, like a record, like when you go through this stuff and find you know little snip bits and pieces here, that's the type of research that uh, Peter Seacosh and Chris Graves did for Don Jeffries for masking the truth. You know, they're they're looking through the catalog of what's on record to try and find the truth of try and read between the lines too uh, of all of this, because you can't just read a document and assume that the person that's writing it is doing it in, in just you also have, you have to take everything with a grain of salt, too. 
um, I think, you know, a, a lot of these documents, Lisa, that you shared with me, they, I, I can see right away, like knowing what objectivity is supposed to be, like why things end up so distorted in the courtroom. Because I see that, you know, what you have to do to sort of put over your side sometimes, what you can and cannot say, what can't be uh, submitted uh, uh, to the court as far as evidence, but also the lack of certain evidences. Like there's a lot of claims that happen, especially like I just brought up J6 cases. There's a lot of claims of government interference there. Do we ever get to really investigate whether there was government interference? <laughs> and who's going to do that? And what and how are they going to enforce yeah, who anything? Who is going afterwards? to do that? Imagine that. Oh, uh, supposed defense counsel do their supposed jobs. Hmm. That, Maybe that, if we that, cross that, our like fingers and a, and a, an election goes the right way, Lisa, you know, you'll see those you'll see those great house investigations like we've been seeing recently. You know, the toothless investigations, maybe run by corrupt fucking people. Who knows? Um, but yeah, again, no, no enforcement, though. Like that's that's the that's the sticking point for me. That's that that's what got me uh, watching those things. Like I I've watched a, a bunch of them, especially during Russiagate. I mean, I, I, I thought it was informative um, to sit and watch the process that they went through. And then turns out they can't really do anything. Like they're not, not going to throw anybody in jail. Like nobody's, nobody's really going to get caught. Nobody, nobody big, at least. We all know that. Yeah. No one who deserves to be in jail get to be in jail. No. <laughs> no only those who, no. right? It, the, one, yeah. the ones that it's all about political persecution yeah never does it really work that way it, it just it, it it just doesn't work the way that you think that it will whenever somebody um goes goes to court um or goes into these um congressional hearings and they they can even testify and perjure themselves the media could even prove it and there's nothing done to them like i i <laughs> Oh my it's God! Those process clock times. He's uh, that. How? <laughs> wow, that's brutal. You know. Yep. How they get to use yep. that when when they want when they want it, right? Oh, and they get they to hold up. information too. That's the other thing about these investigations, right? Uh, we we want we want there to be justice. We claim, and, and we're gonna we're gonna manage this bureaucracy somehow. So we send guys to do the in, job in secret court. <laughs> Secret courts, by the way, right? Yeah, no, what, what's no a skiff? There. You know, what, what's taking Adam Schiff down to the skiff? That's such a gross thing to even say. And, uh, you know, interviewing somebody like that, grilling somebody like that, and having them admit to certain things, like that there was no evidence, you know, that he had claimed that there was, you know, to the media. He got to hold that for how long? Like he got, well, he got to hold that. I say like he was like the decider there. But like the, the person holding that information, the person doing the investigation, they're not going to be like, okay, well, this guy's a fucking liar. They're not going to come right out the next day and say that, you know, Adam Schiff that's been going on the news and claiming all these things about Trump and Russia, that all of this is bullshit. And here he admitted to it yesterday. They can't do that. They have to wait till the investigation wraps up. So how long does the fucking investigation take? Years? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say how long does it take for a Supreme Court to overturn a case? 
decades, right? I mean, we've seen affirmative action just recently. Think of the, we talked about the decades worth of damage that that one thing did to this country, like just financially to people, culturally to people, everything. Like the division it created in in, in our cities, especially. Okay. Um, and, and amongst I, and I our institutions that, where it was instituted too, like just the division of us I, as citizens in institutions based on race. But I think that actual decision itself was, again, to what? Create division. You see how that is, right? There's still there's the division over that decision itself. Okay? We can't. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. what did their decision do to any of the claims on either side? Did it dis- did it completely destroy the case of either claim? The people that are claiming that they need affirmative action because their race was traditionally or historically, uh, you know, oppressed by the government. Sometimes you can't argue with certain points. I mean, yes, that that occurs. But however, how far into the future do we fight the battles of the past? If there's statute of limitations on fucking child abduction and, and rape right that we've read about um if there's all kinds of statutes of limitations um on everything except for murder what's the statute of limitations on uh racism in previous generations like how does that work how do you even add that up that's that's something an insurance company would love to get their fucking hands on wouldn't they like i mean who the hell's oh, managing oh, I'm sorry. you know should we go to reparations? <laughs> I mean, from the top uh, down. Yeah, it's about the money. It's always about the money, bitch. That's I mean, everybody should know that, right? I mean, when it comes down to the affirmative action thing, think of the money. Think of the money that moved around and who it empowered. Would you rather would you rather see a growing middle class that's becoming more and more independent? Not just of finance but also of resources and of mind because then it's easy to break from the system. Like if you can afford your own land, your own energy and your own food, and you don't have to fuck with the government for any of it, even the local government, well, does that make you more powerful? Does that give you the ability to tell other people to fuck off that you don't have to do business with them because your needs are met? I mean, what if you took that, that foundation financially and you spread it out amongst a group of people instead. Does it, does the rising tide raise those boats? No, lowers them down. Lock and key. You, you lower everyone down to like a ground level and make them fight over the crumbs that are left over. Make them fight over fucking scraps. Make them eat bark and shoe leather. Like we did in the civil war. Even who the fuck cares? If everyone's equal, we're powerless. It's the unequality. Listen, we don't. Even, <laughs> you and know, to, think, it, to think that we actually even own our to think we actually even own our own property. Do we really? Yeah, property tax property in your tax. area. A little bit of that, right? Stop paying that shit. See what happens. You know, don't do, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not going to encourage anybody to do something that would put them in a threatening position. But that's an even better question. So what do we do here? I mean, if if our First Amendment has been violated by our own government, pretty blatantly, I'd say, from what I've read, um, and it even resulted in experimentation, I would claim, on our own people. 
No one in this article, from what I've seen, is talking about any criminal penalties for any of this. They're just barred from not talking to, to not each other. Work. Spoiler alert, though. The best part, though, is, and I don't mean to jump ahead, but huh. it all comes, when you read the last sentence, okay, it just shows the whole article was a farce. <laughs> well, let's get to that. Um, let's scroll down here. I think we're at the end, yes? So it says, neither the White House nor big tech companies had immediate comments of the ruling, of course, but it says Judge Doty did make an exception to allow communication in cases of national security threats, criminal activity, or voter suppression. Security threats that can be interpreted where anything could be a fucking security threat. Are you a national security threat if you're unvaccinated? Are you a national security threat if you don't think that kids should be allowed to cut their dicks off at the age eight? And you have to affirm that. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Man, that's going to be fun. Um, or maybe they deem that your way of protesting, like say not paying your taxes, or um, maybe uh, blocking city streets with trucks, other things that have been tried, that that's criminal activity. So now they need to have contact with the social media company for that. Or maybe you're looking to suppress the vote. What is that even? What is voter suppression? How could that be? How could that be deemed? I mean, I mean, you could just arbitrarily make that anything you want, right? What is voter suppression? Is it you telling people not to vote because it's stupid? Because they're wasting their time? Because they're just in just furthering the the fallacy that the people that you uh, delegate sort of by doing that are going to represent you in any way, are going to do anything good, and that we couldn't just replace literally with a bear on cocaine and probably get the same results because those people don't really run the show. It's other people that run the show. And we're just we're just voting on our favorite puppet. We're just letting them know if it's Kermit or Gonzo, you know, every couple of fucking years. I don't know. Is that voter suppression? Maybe. So does that give the government the right to come after me now that I expressed that thought? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm terribly wrong. Maybe you should go vote, folks. Maybe you should vote in every election, you know, especially your local ones. You know, Make sure that you know who the fuck you're voting for, what they're about. But how do you do that? I mean, do you get together? Do you congregate? Do you think if you congregate, that the government will infiltrate that congregation? <laughs> I mean, you don't think that they're going to somehow uh, maybe evoke certain reactions from people inside of these groups to get them to do things like criminal activities or maybe acting like a security threat or even suppressing the vote by like telling people to vote on the wrong day like that one guy did. And I, uh, I say that one oh, guy. I, mean, I forget, I forget his was... name, but it, he was the the Nolan Ryan guy. Uh, not Nolan Ryan, but cool. uh, no. What what was it? What was it? Um, oh, God. Oh fuck. Well, uh, wow. It was like, uh, shit. It was the major league with uh, uh, Charlie Sheen, and he it comes out the wild thing. Uh, but I forget the guy's fucking screen name. But we 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 talked about it a couple months ago. It's been it's been a while. But um yeah, they went after him for posting memes about voting on the wrong day. 
And that's a okay. that's a violation of one of these laws. Oh, right. Yeah. No, that was, there was a problem. He he uh if I remember correctly, he, <laughs> yeah, it was his big mistake putting a a text number, okay? Oh so 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 he was creating so that they could uh call into some kind of text, you know, vote by text or something. <laughs> That that was the real problem. Wow. So by misinforming people of how they could vote, I guess that that's what that's what tripped it, you know, to kind of fall and not his favor. Because, I mean, you think you have like and we, we make memes like the thumbnail on this show like the There's no actual cocaine bear, I think, in the West Wing. But who the fuck knows? But um no, I mean, if I make a meme like that, then obviously, I mean, are we going to get people calling into the White House claiming that there's a bear there? I don't know. I don't know how far you can go when it comes to like pranks, sort of. But this is and interesting, also, though. Yeah. But think about this. Okay. And, and how many people time, did it impact? Right? Like, that's Why the thing. Like, who did, who did that get? <laughs> who, how, many, how many people actually tried to uh, vote by text that saw that? Like, are there, is there record of that? Like, is there a list of names of those people that be, admitted like, hey, I went to vote in this last election. I used the text message option and I'm not seeing my vote registered online. Like, did somebody actually do that? Because I, I, I mean, well, I feel I bad think, for you. Well, <laughs> you fell for that well, shit too. <laughs> Talk about... Got to be some kind of self accountability there, right? Yeah, oh like I mean, God. it's just like if you called into Miss Cleo back in the day, and you spent like a couple hundred bucks talking to Miss Cleo about your um, about your future <laughs> or something like that. Like <laughs> that's just just on you. Like, don't blame the government or anybody else for that. Like, don't even blame Miss Cleo. Like, she's just you know, she's just out there hustling. <laughs> It's really you that's the problem. You think that you think that yep. uh, you 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 misinterpreted the rules a little bit, and you just you know you're thinking like, okay, ninety nine cents a minute isn't all that much. Yeah, check your watch. <laughs> I don't know. They used to do that to wrestling fans, Lisa. It was really gross. Uh, they would have wrestling hotlines, so you'd be able to call up and find out all the dirt and like what what wrestler was going to show up on the pay per view, maybe, and all that stuff. And kids would call in with their parents' credit cards. And their approval for the credit card information, of course. And uh, yeah, they just run up the parents' credit card bill, talking to a voice recording of Gene Oakland or some shit, <laughs> or, or, or old JR, uh, Jim Ross, man. But uh, yeah, I just this is um, this is where we're going to transition to uh, the next of the big four, I think. Let's let's talk about speaking of call in hotlines. Um, fuckery of all sorts shystery type of uh behavior why not talk about somebody like lynn wood when you when you talk about those things lisa you know <laughs> like you want to talk about miss cleo hotline uh bullshit uh you want to talk about woo woo justifications for things um and just puffery no substance uh all swing but no hit just sizzle no steak fucking lynn wood Gotta love them. <laughs> I mean that. Not so much. Um, it says uh, Trump lawyer Wood retired. Oh, as Georgia Bar Wade disbarment. Wade 
They didn't even rule Lisa. Like he didn't even go through the process. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why he wouldn't want to go through the process well, yeah. to expose anything that he's been up to. And I'm saying that on both sides. If you believe that the elections were fucking free and fair as can be, um, and Lynn Wood was part of a uh, conspiracy to tell conservatives, or Republicans, or anyone that voted not Democrat last time or something, if they did, um, that you know maybe they were fucked out of an election. That maybe Lynn Wood is culpable for some things. You know, maybe maybe it does fall on him that uh, he he told us all that uh, we were fucked and we really weren't. It was really the, the system being good boys and they they didn't didn't do nothing. But also on the opposite end, I'll throw this out there, just speculative. Um, maybe Lynn was part of a thing to maybe throw in the towel for a reason. Uh, maybe with it not coming out how he did so and why he did so is a great thing for both him and everybody else involved in this story. Uh, there's a lot of reasons. Yeah, folks. I, I think I think I saw something on Twitter about there being actual recordings of him. Uh, disputes between he and his uh, uh, associates. <laughs> Well, I'll have to look that up for the for the resource for the uh, source list. And with those types of recordings too, like who does that shit? Who keeps recordings on people and then releases them at particular times or holds them over their head and says, "Hey, maybe you should do this." Would it be people in our government? You know, would it, would it would that be a liability to somebody like Lynn Wood? if the government's been spying on you and has recordings of you that other people have maybe taken, who knows? Like I'm, I'm not personally involved with Lynn Wood. I've never hired him on as my attorney or anything like that, but uh, I did hear of him back in the old, uh, um, what, what was uh, Cal Rittenhouse days? Wasn't he part of that for a little while? And I think Cal, didn't Cal fire him too or something over some dispute. I don't know. It, it's been a while. So oh, that yeah. Case. oh yeah. That, that, yep. He, uh, Kyle definitely got mad at him. Uh, there was some kind of dispute about the bail money. Who gets it back? <laughs> now, but with something like this, though, um, I, I would say that, yeah, I mean, anybody that looks at this can see that uh, maybe he's standing up for something, right? You, you can you can look at it in that romantic way like I was talking about earlier that you can look at this where like Limwood's stepping up to the man he's saying you know what instead of doing this anymore I have no more faith in it and I'm done okay wait a minute Did, and that can no, even be partially I, I, I true recall, wait I recall all the all those PT Barnum moments where he was promising big things about revelations about uh, I don't know, child trafficking with, uh, uh, wasn't that about Justice John Roberts or something? He said it was all coming down. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, it, it did. It all came down. <laughs> Certainly did, right? I mean, I my questions about the 2020 election still aren't settled. I, I think that even with an investigation, like I've been saying, like, what are you going to do? Like Trump gets in, he appoints the house maybe that's still under uh, Republican control at that point to launch some investigation. Trump orders the justice department to look into it. 
what's going to um, happen out of that? So, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get how this, how this solves itself, like through, through the government. Like, I don't, I don't understand how putting anyone else in power would have, would, would change how, what happened to us in the past. Like how this ever gets resolved now that it's been done. Like, and even if, even if it was all bullshit, even if Lynn Wood was entirely and completely full of shit, um, and had nothing actually like had, had no fucking meat on the bone whenever it came to proof that there was something fucky with the election, which I think I've seen enough to prove that I think that there was, but I don't, again, what can I do to prove that though? Even to myself. Like as 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 a, a citizen of this country all my life, I don't know how or why my government would even bother to go back to fix this problem, especially with all the other problems that they've created since then. Let I mean, me just, just with, throw this out there, though. Yeah, Let yeah. me throw this out there. That as if um, uh, voter fraud, right? Um, mm -hmm. Do we think that this was a, a new creation, a new problem that <laughs> that just happened to come about this, you know, this decade? Really? I mean, I think well, no, it kind of was, goes back from there was to plenty the very of claims in the previous this. election. I mean, 2016 uh, onward, and the, what what launched no, Russiagate well, as a major media thing was was claims of government or other governments interfering with our elections. You got to go was, back to, to, to mm -hmm. Jefferson and Adams. Come on. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go, you go way back to that. Um, I mean, it was because it wasn't, wasn't Adams like from, I mean, fill me in on a little bit on this too, but wasn't Adams like from a powerful family that sort of, he felt like he was sort of destined to be in that position. Wasn't he one of those types of people? Um, Oh my God! I, I every time I hear someone quote him, I want to just throw up. Yeah, <laughs> he was talk about a Trojan horse, and that is why when people think that we ever severed from from Britain, that's bullshit. Hmm. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you look at somebody that's um, an authoritarian in approach. I don't even know, like getting in, we talked about at least the other day about these, uh, I'll go back more to the panel for this. This is less about the article, but more about the overall conversation of the show is that, you know, when you appoint somebody like a Biden or a Trump recently, and they have all the ability in the world to do these executive orders, you give them dictatorial powers. They could just wield a pen and like within 180 strokes, decades worth of laws bureaucracy all the all the votes all the local elections that went to the state elections that went to the federal elections if you want to you know look at it this way right all the time it took all the campaigning all the money that people gave to political parties to fight for those things overturned in an instant what the fuck is it all worth if that can happen like you can get you can get so many things done but by the time that another election rolls around, and regardless of what happens to it, whether if it's free and fair or not, that just all of that can be overturned, your entire life, your financial future, your culture, 
everything could be overturned in an instant with a stroke of a pen because of these executive orders. Like, what is the worth then of having all these other branches? If the Supreme Court has no teeth and that the Congress, yeah, they can vote some stuff in, but do, do they have any real power when it comes down to what the president can do in executive order now? Like, is it even necessary to go through the two houses of, of Congress at this point if you want to get something done politically? And also, haven't they sold it that way to the American public? Like, isn't that what the, the big claim is for the conservatives is that if we get Trump somehow in the presidency, that he's going to be able to schedule F all the bad people away. He's going to be able to executive order this and executive order that. That's fucking great. What happens four years after that, two years after that, six years after that, something like that, when the power switches again on us? Because it does. And I've seen it through my lifetime. All that gets overturned too? Like, why did we just bat this ball back and forth? <laughs> why, why are we playing this game? Yeah. Boy, you just hit it right there. I mean, you just nailed it, right? That's all this is. Well, if you're going to make something law, should, shouldn't it be cemented somewhat in some sort of objectivity? Right? Not favoring something in particular, but just cemented and just... That's why I believe so much in the in, the rights of the individual and where, where rights come from. is because like, I, I think and feel and hurt and, and I suffer. Like if somebody does something unjustly to me and i suffer for it i believe that justifiably that something or some sort of penalty or something should keep that person from harming me like i would want to have people in my community to protect people that can't necessarily protect themselves from others i would want somebody in my community to say hey no the, these these essential sort of things like 10 commandments stuff but maybe not that but you know that just don't murder people, don't rape, don't don't aggress upon people. But after that, just like we were talking about with the roots, when you go up from those simple ethics and rules and you start to interpret things and you start to work in like this agency or that agency or preventing this or preventing that, doing this or doing that, it gets so convoluted that it can't make any more fucking sense. And also it gets to the point where it just, it can't even enforce rules on itself. Like we as a people now, what are we going to do the next election? Are we going to sit it out? Are we going to protest it? Are we going to say, no, we don't believe in it? How many of you still believe in it? I mean, and, and also, even if you can get in the people that you want in, are they going to do the things you want them to do? Can they? That's the even bigger question for me because, I mean, when I see how the system works, when I, when I view it from this perspective, guys, I don't, I don't see the system correcting itself with the people in it, regardless of who we send there. Because, again, who controls the power in this situation? Like, is it the government? Is it people beyond the government? And I'm talking about like with finding out like what happens in our elections. Like Linwood made some claims 
he's at, he's paid some penalties for those claims. Like if we go back to the article. I mean, if you scroll down here, it said that uh, they're telling him you may not practice law in this state or in any other state or jurisdiction, and you may not hold yourself out as a lawyer. That's what the bar told him in a letter, noting that it has dropped two investigations into Woods' professional conduct. Now, was that the reason why? <laughs> you know, you bow out, they drop the case, nobody gets hurt, just back away from the evidence, nobody needs to see any of this, nobody needs to maybe pay any other consequences, right? I mean, could that be how this is being handled? Do you trust Lynn Wood far, farther than you can throw him? <laughs> well, I think what's particularly interesting is the fact that he's the one who's offering to retire. <laughs> it's not, he's, so he's, he's the one who wants the plea deal. Oh, yeah. And also, Lisa, do you not think that there's some type of golden parachute for our, our, our good buddy Lynn Wood here somewhere? That he's just not going to wind up on Fox News as a new uh, contributor, or he's not going to be taken on by like Charlie Kirk or somebody like that, or whatever. You know, like there's there's going to be there's going to be opportunities. There's going to be media opportunities for Lynn Wood. Um, he's going to be uh, a big a big name. You know, now that uh, he can just he's he's not a he's not a lawyer anymore, so he can say and do what he wants, right? He's going to be a real real firecracker out there. I bet you know tearing it up influencing the next election like whatever usefulness that they can squeeze out of his ass until 2024 is decided by whomever um yeah i'm seeing that happening so yeah this puts i mean this strategically excellent move lynn like if it's me and the government rather has me by the throat because i'm full of shit and they're gonna investigate me and prove me full of shit and destroy all my credibility um, you back out and all the investigations go away. That's that's a simple move. And then you just go and do media whore appearances and just pimp out whatever new uh, platform idea that's going on that week. Because that's what you see in the media influencers like this, right? I mean, the reason why you know the name, the reason why he's a big, big shit and, and out there in, in public circles. And the only reason why I fucking know about him is other people in the alternative media puffing him up saying that he's going to deliver the goods on, you know, for us, he's part of the team, him and Sydney Powell. Oh yeah. Cracking bitch. That one. Oh, <laughs> you beat me to that. I was just going to say, Oh yeah. Not cracking. Ah! Now here's something yeah, Orwellian crack. though. Here's something Orwellian though. It says the bar asked wood to undergo a mental health assessment as part of a probe opened in 2021. Was that going to be with somebody like that doctor that uh, Graves and Dana talked about a lot the other night? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the one that goes and visits, you know, like all these famous figures and stuff like that. Like, would you want to be in that uh, situation, Lisa? Could you imagine if the bar ordered oh you oh to go to God. a mental health assessment? Yes. Now, besides but, but it being I'll conducted what, by Julian West, who I brought up before, which everybody should go and look up and look into uh, some of the work that Dana's done and, and Chris uh, Graves has, has talked about with her on uh, uh, conspiring with Mr. Cooper the other night. But um, yeah, uh, to think about like being in the hands of your enemy and they get to send a doctor in 
to to uh, give a, a, an opinion on whether or not, and I say that strongly, um, that they get to give an opinion on whether if you're mentally fit or not. Boy, should they just walk in and go, is it safe? Right? That's a fucking setup. You need a visual of like a mad scientist. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, this white lab coat covered in blood, you know, just like people people's toes tucked in the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> like just just Halloween gross. <laughs> Graves would love it. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean, just being in a mental health assessment, I mean, that reminds me of the the Terry Gilliam movie Brazil. I like how David Knight brings it up all the time too. Great, great flick, man. And it's one of those like kind of man, I wish it was bigger type of movies too. Like everybody, everybody knows of some of the other like psychological, you know, psycho, I don't know, just like kind of ideologically uh, destructive movies out there, you know, 1984 being a famous work. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Terry Gilliam's Brazil takes that in a, a funny direction at times, but also a really horrifying direction at times. And the most horrifying scene in that movie is like the, uh, pretty much the mental health assessment part at the end, not to spoil it for you, but uh, you'll see what I mean if you watch it. And also getting back to what I was talking about before with like aliens and stuff, how like when you're under duress like that, how your senses are distorted and other things. Um, man, yeah, I wouldn't want to walk into a, a bar, <laughs> a bar recommended mental health assessment. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But I mean, it, it does say too that former colleagues said Wood displayed erratic, abusive, and unprofessional behavior. Well, that's really specific, <laughs> according to the bar. Could anyone at any time, Lisa, could you ever be described as erratic? <laughs> you know, if, if someone says something fucking stupid on Twitter, could you, could someone uh, claim that you're abusive? <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. I'm just saying. I mean, all of these things, these are characterizations. So you're saying that an entity such as the bar, which in itself is an abstract group of people that all pretty much, you know, get on the same level together, make the same kind of money, have the same type of power. You don't think they have anything in common, right? Um, and also they just get to up and decide whether or not you're fucking mentally sane or not too while they're at it. Oh, boy. I can't see anything going wrong with that, Lisa, right? Not just based on Gee, their see. characterizations they, of people as erratic, abusive, or unprofessional. <laughs> let's see. They, um, they, I, I've been described by board members as vitriolic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Take that at what you will. Vitriolic. I like that, though. Vitriolic is a, that's a powerful term. I like that, though. Because it is. It, it should be, it should be, there should be vitriol. For shit that isn't right, for shit that doesn't work, and for calling people out on it, and when they don't cop to their bullshit, you know, if people want to call me out on certain things, um, I'll cop to it. Yeah, if I if I suck, if I drop the ball somewhere, if I miss something intellectually, hell yeah, I'm down to I'm down to fix that because I know the damage that it does when you don't. You know, chase chasing the wrong things, chasing the wrong ideas 
pushing the wrong bullshit on people, telling them year after year after year, man, I'm worried about this problem. I'm worried about this censorship. I'm worried about the government taking over. I'm worried about you know the, them affecting even what you can say for elections. I, I don't even know how I got booted off of YouTube. They just gave me strikes about uh, health shit, but they didn't tell me exactly what. It could have been over my J6 coverage too. It could have been over me saying that the, the past election had some fuckery uh, going on with it, potentially. I don't know exactly. I don't know what was in Lynn Wood's files. I don't know exactly what he had here. I don't know what him or Sidney Powell had going on for themselves because now, as we've found out, when people sort of plead guilty or, you know, take a plea, you know, some sort of settlement or, even now, if they retire, it's all the same fucking move, Lisa. Now the records go. Well, away. Well, let me just let me just say this: some of his uh, videos that he's done um, don't help him out. I'm just gonna put that. Well, out no, there. that too. <laughs> but like, if you can't reveal certain things, like I understand that, it, it, especially in the world of podcasting, like if you're if you're talking and working with people on something, you don't want to like necessarily reveal all of the things that you have all at once, but you also want to keep people's attention. So you have to keep hyping up what you're about to do or about to release or something else like that. It's, it's an internet. Yeah. It's like you said, PT Barnum type of shit, but just like, that's why when I see these fucking people, like just with nothing, but their their rah, rah, we're all on the same team rhetoric, like type of stuff, you know, and it's it's real groupthink like it's real cult like to 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 watch, and I know why people on the quote unquote other side examine that. They look at it and they go, "No, I don't want to be a part of that either." And then some people just throw up their hands and be like, "I don't want to be part of any of it." Like, count me out, just done. But you, you know, but you know what the big thing is, it though, <laughs> it's interesting. But, but he, it's all rhetoric. There's never any. Um, solid information from which to discuss it's oh and these fucking people lisa they would turn to you and they would say you know what lisa you're you're being negative you're you're taking away from the group we need to focus on doing the right things you know whatever those are um we need we need to uh especially get people to send money to a bunch of different uh charities and things like that and entities of that nature yeah we need a lot of that we need to focus you know, regardless, we don't know what that means. You know, they'll use like these, like just big, broad, like vacuous terms, just like the government does. It's almost like, well, gee, that they're like a wing of the government in a sense that that the uh, opposition could be controlled. I don't know. That's an interesting concept. I wonder if that's ever been tried. Um <laughs> But it says, uh, this isn't the first time as we wrap this up, Lynn Wood is facing disciplinary proceedings for his help in trying to overthrow, it says in the article. Oh, great job here at Bloomberg Law 2020 election. In Michigan, it says, a judge ruled in 2021 that Wood and Sidney Powell were among a group of attorneys that must pay the state and city of Detroit $175,000 and two hundred and fifty for abusing the legal system with unfounded conspiracy theories. Where is that law? Where is the where is the code for abusing the legal system with unfounded conspiracy theories? How does one even arrive at the number of $175,000 for it too? I mean, I know how, how much it costs to get a ticket. Um <laughs> I know much how much it costs violating certain laws. <laughs> I'm not gonna say all of them, 
but 175 grand for unfounded conspiracy theory can they i mean what makes it unfounded what conspiracy theory they don't even say <laughs> i wonder if that's ever been looked into they just have to pay money lisa have you ever had somebody just decide that you have to pay money for no reason <laughs> Okay, now you're just pouring salt into the wound. You mean being fined for being in court for saying that uh, you file motions to show that opposing counsel needs to provide you information about uh, information that you're entitled to as supposedly as a matter of law? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like something like that, I'm sure. There's examples, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it just, and it also, it ends with uh, Wood was included in a group of Trump loyalists. Oh, what, what defines that too? Who got suspended from Twitter for posting election conspiracies, which once violated the site's policies. Does it do so now? Can that change on a dime? Now that the WEF is involved in the, in the, the, in the racket, <laughs> in the outfit, I'm sure that makes it better, right? Oh, man. And, and then that's also supposed to be something damning. Who once got suspended from Twitter? That's another easy way for people that don't really pay attention to much to just see somebody like Lynn Wood and maybe myself or you, Lisa, suspended from Twitter. You're just like all those people that got suspended from Twitter, all those misinformers, all those misinformers, all those, all those erratic, unprofessional people, and maybe even abusive. <laughs> At least according to the language of like an intelligence agency. Because you can, if you can think of vacuous terms that you can attach to anything to criminalize any type of thought and behavior, I wonder where that, where they learned how to do that. Uh, but yeah, on onto uh, onto the next of the big four. When it talked I'm about sorry, Michigan, that, there that, that, that tickles my funny funny bone. Abusing mm -hmm. the legal system. <laughs> Abusing the legal system. Absolutely. Uh, the legal system is the abuse, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. The, is victim blaming much? You know? <laughs> um, uh, and yes, see, uh, there. Uh, good to see you. It says, uh, remembers the 1 900 hotlines. Yes. <laughs> uh, does I wonder what the modern equivalent is? Uh, it's um, maybe our elections. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but when it comes down to states too, like it said that the, the judge's ruling there in a state like Michigan, uh, we, we have, we have some TMP, uh, people out in Michigan, shout out to angry tiger there. And, um, you know, in a state like that, that's Democrat controlled, gee, how do you think that the court decisions are going to go in that kind of state? Things are going to go well. Let's read on here. This is from, uh, Wayne Dupree. At least I think you shared this. So shout out to you. Uh, but it says in uh, Michigan, you can receive a fine for misgendering. And, and also, if you take woke training, it says that they can reduce it. Remember, what I was talking about like the end of Brazil and like the mental health evaluation. Are you going to have to go through something like that if your kid goes to school and the teacher convinces them that they shouldn't have a penis? Um, it says, wait a minute. Since wait a minute. We need to clarify. Uh, see, yeah. Here we go again with the terms. Misgendering. Okay, what is misgendering, by the way? Should, oh, we yeah. really need, let, we need to get back to scientific, 
scientific uh, facts, right? I'm just wondering. Well, it says in the article, using the wrong pronouns, also known as misgendering, to intimidate. Now, how do you read somebody's motivations if they were there to intimidate you or not by saying that you're not a Norwal or something or whatever the fuck you make up? Like, I, well, now we all you know, now we understand about 209 A's. Oh, uh, excuse me, uh, domestic um, restraining orders, right? Uh, uh, yeah, intimidation. What, it, right? what What is intimidation? Is it are you more intimidated by, let's say, somebody that disagrees with you than agrees with you? Are you more likely to be intimidated by somebody that's going to tell you no if you're a child? <laughs> or should we substitute the word you know? offended? Are you the only times in my life that I've heard no as a child? I mean, I was a bad kid, folks. <laughs> God bless my parents. I mean, I it's just imagine not being able to tell them no. That's what this is. You can't tell your kid no. If it if it falls into the realm of gender, which like you're describing, Lisa, could be fucking anything because it's not clearly defined by law. It can't be clearly defined in, in our culture. Even within the subcultures within those cultures, it can't necessarily be defined. I mean, you see breakups in the LGBTQ plus 1A7 tards all the time because it, even the lesbians are going, well, I guess if there's no women now that we can't be lesbians, so we're out. Leave us alone. You know, we're not part of the fucking group. Here's your flag back. I, I think that's kind of cool, actually. I, I like to see the I like to see the fissures, the breaks happening. Uh, you know, because that's that's what that type of ideology um always does. When you when you look on when it when it comes to like um uh race-based or identity politics, it has to fracture. I mean, it's just, it's going to, I mean, you belong to several groups. You, you, you are several groups within yourself in your existence. Which one of those groups is the most powerful now? Is it your sex? Is it your race? What decides that? Is it your sexual preference and other things? Is it your, even your, uh, is it your age? You know, are, are we, are we, um, empowering? Cause this is how it's sold to the LGBTQ youth, if you want to call them that, that they're being empowered. Kind of like how women were being empowered by taking on smoking cigarettes back in the women's movement. Thanks, Edward Bernays. Yeah, you just I was just going to say, um, what a farce about the feminist movement. Yeah. <laughs> and this is supposed that, to be about freedom was, too, right? This is where you'll get even the libertarians going, hey, you know, it's not my not my battle to fight i mean somebody next to me if they got kids and those kids just want to you know castrate themselves chemically and give the rest of their bodies and their lives and even be willing experiments for that type of treatment i mean let's face it if you you sign on for life for that kind of stuff they're probably going to come up with a few different drugs they're going to give you they're going to put you on all sorts of things that's your right though and also, I bet you that those same types of people probably believe that the, the government should also take out from the till, just like they will for your student loans and everything else, and just give you money to do that, too. Because, you know, experimental drugs are expensive sometimes, Lisa, you know, and you're you know, just going to be thinking, on a lifetime of those. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I was, you know, reminiscing about 
back when I was in school and so forth. And I'm just, I, I don't even know how this all came about. I don't remember this ever being an issue during my time. Well, until they had, until they had the right drugs for it, the right medical treatments. Until plastic surgery had advanced to the part where you can like make it look a little bit more lifelike, right? Um, and I'm talking about genitalia, folks. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, they had to have the um, the the action figure in the store by Christmas. You know, when they did this, they had to have something out there to monetize it. It's not it's not an ideological or social fucking movement in any sense of the word. It's a fucking racket. Just like you always say, Lisa, it's a racket. And not only is it a racket, but they're going to make it fucking illegal for you to say that it's a racket. Isn't that the best? Isn't that the best way to tell people like you're selling drugs for pharmaceutical companies to turn men into women and women into men and whatever the fuck that they want to be. You're going to sell uh, treatments from the medical community, quote unquote. They, they swear plenty of different oaths i'm sure not to do harm and they're just going to castrate people they're going to sew things onto them cut things off add things who gives a fuck right that's all their free will that's all their freedom talk that's about, what america is about isn't it <laughs> talk, talk about intimidation factor i mean this is where the concern is going to be and who's intimidating right? well this this I mean, is this is corporatism this, this is how something that should not be uh, justifies its, its existence. <laughs> this, this is how something that is irrational, why they, they talk about irrationality here too. We talk about something that isn't a rational uh, way to uh, explore these topics or treat these things, rather psych psychologically or physically especially, like the damage that these transitions do to children and when they eventually figure out that they don't want to be part of that crew anymore. And they try and go back to their old lives and they look at what they've done to their bodies. And if they still want to survive after that, um, I'm going to say that they're probably a bit fucked up from it. Did we prevent a lot of harm there? Did we prevent more harm on the flip side of the other trans kids that do exist according to whatever side is being propelled right now in the media through our fucking government um, and banks? Um, that, you know, ultimately here, Lisa, though, I, I think that they had the right type of tech that's been developed over years, um, that there has been a tremendous amount of investment um, into this type of technology. And I'm talking about you know gender uh, affirming care now, as they call it. There was a huge transition in the psychology community um, to reclassify all of this, which is sort of startling if you know, you know anything about that. Um, and also that, yes, it, for now, it's just one of these niche movements where it's focused on gender. Maybe people want to be taller too. Like, can anybody just walk into a doctor's office now and get stretched and have, have bones added to them? I know that little people often have those surgeries. They have surgeries with their legs and other things like that. They can claim that they have a medical reason for such or whatever. But Oh, you know, and, that, I, and don't forget you. But you get to now, I mean, now there's, you know, pick out the gender of your baby beforehand, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, eugenics at anyone? I mean, if we're talking about the the, the ultimate uh, plan here 
for humankind and the controlling over the human fodder <laughs> underneath you if, if you're looking at it from the perspective of the people on top probably um is that you know th this is this is their way of controlling populations um controlling maybe genetic traits who knows i mean this is this is science this is sp like spooky stuff this is a whole bunch of things all rolled into one another. But from my perspective, though, the easiest to prove is the corporatism. It's hard to prove people's ideology. It's hard to prove how much they believe in a certain movement. It's easy to prove when they're making fucking money, Lisa. <laughs> I mean, if Michigan passes a bill that you can't misgender people, then those, those people have every right then, according to the state, to go forward with any type of affirming care that they want. Because if you say boo about it, that makes you a criminal. Now that is corporatism because that is the state stepping up for the companies that make all the money off of this and asserting the fact that they'll be able to make unlimited amounts of money off of this in the future if they want to. That their stocks are going to be A-OK. -okay. That's really what it's about to me. I don't think they give a fuck about your children or what they call themselves or what they look like. They certainly don't give a fuck if they're fat, stupid, and hooked on drugs for the past several decades. So who cares if they care about them adding or removing tits? <laughs> you know, they don't care about any of that. They care about where the bottom line goes. They care about who gets elected in Michigan because of where the bottom line goes. I mean, you think that there's going to be an industry there in Michigan? For this, you think that that state isn't going to work with the companies that provide affirming care in order to provide that now for all of the youth of Michigan, or at least pursue that as long as they can, maybe until somebody in a black robe, Lisa, stands up 10 years from now after all those kids destroyed themselves and says, no, that none of that was right and no penalty comes of it. That's corporatism. <laughs> That's just being owned. But own lock, stock, smoking fucking barrel, <laughs> up and down. Doesn't matter what what entity you talk about. Um, but here well, you go, Lisa. So, right, uh, right. So, yeah. so I mean, people think we're free when we're. <laughs> I hate to go back to that Ju Juneteenth holiday, but uh, guess what? <laughs> Slavery still exists, does it not? Oh, yeah, because slavery, I would define as work that you're forced to do involuntarily, like you don't want to do it. Voluntary work is not slavery. So that's why we're constantly told and romanticized that we are free, that this, these are our choices, that, that children in captive audiences and government provided schools, because it's your fucking right to an education, right? That, that children in those positions are following their free will and also their, their way of living out their true selves and their true lives as described in the Constitution, Lisa. <laughs> and you can interpret it that way, right? Because you can take that parchment and you can lick it up and down and think of whatever the fuck that you want of it and just interpret it that way. And if a judge bangs their gavel that it is so, if it's a 5-4 decision that it is so, then it just is. That's how the system works. <laughs> like just being able to pass a law to say that 
people misgendering people in itself. Like that's some sort of mortal sin because it leads to a particular type of behavior or result in itself. Like it's way- fucked up enough of a pre-crime type of, you know, Orwellian bullshit in itself, but it really leads back to You're the money. Offended. You're mm-hmm. offended. Okay? Oh, that too. Yeah, offense. If, if you were offended, right? You're uh, offended. Other countries have offense crimes. That's why I was paying attention to Sargon of Akkad and Tommy Robinson and a bunch of other people from Europe uh, back in from like 2016 on. It's because I started noticing that the type of censorship that was happening to people over there was coming over here. <laughs> that there's such just some sort of pattern, I guess, of just how they try it in smaller markets and then bring it to the bigger market. You know, just like in business, <laughs> if you've been in business ever and you notice those patterns, how things are adopted, how new ideas come about, how they're pushed by certain people. I mean, even even the idea in the media that it's intimidating to tell somebody that they aren't a thing that they are not. And that can terrorize, frighten, or threaten them or actually causes them to feel that way, to feel that way. That you're responsible for how somebody feels that doesn't even know what the fuck they are. <laughs> and God forbid you you offend the judiciary. God forbid. How do you even put you a rule set around that? How do you even put a rule set around that? It's just something for you know Pokemon kids to make up. New rules. New rules to the game. New cards added to the deck. New DLCs, folks. <laughs> Harp says just all stick a stock in your pants, you know, it can right? be reversed. <laughs> yeah, pulling the old spinal tap, you know, going through the metal detector with the cucumber wrapped in tinfoil. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's so wrong. That was such an awesome movie. Uh we'll, we might have to do a, a, a watch along with spinal tap, maybe one night. I think that would be amazing. We'll have to add that to the list of the bajillion movies that that we should watch with uh, select members of the audience um, and our friends. But um, yeah, I I really don't have much else to wrap up this Wayne Dupree article other than what I've expressed already. Um, it does say, in other words, the state actually wants you to compel people to affirm a transgender person's gender, and you run the risk of receiving a $10,000 fine or up to five years in prison if the legislation becomes law. So that could come down to somebody's vote, right? One guy's vote, (laughs) one guy's opinion of whether or not that you should be fined $10,000 or spend five fucking years in prison. Like if you have a kid that's like, you know, 12, 13, and you tell them, no, you're not a Norwal, by the time you get out of prison, they could literally be a fully fledged Norwal. They could have had all the surgeries, you know, What's it and the state, state might even pay it. for it. Right. The state, Keep the state will siphon money yourself, from you. Right? Yeah. The state's going to siphon money from you into these new programs because there's going to be affirmative care programs. That's what this is for. This is for building an infrastructure for a new demographic that they're creating out of thin air, pretty much that they're influencing, that they're they're transitioning children who are in captive audiences that have, you know, skulls full of mush, as it used to be said, uh, you know, and, and also too having a captive audience with young impressionable people that are ignorant, but then also telling them that this is their way of surviving. That if, if people say no to them when they want this, 
that they're actually threatening them, that they're causing them some sort of harm. They're a security threat. You know, they're abusive. You know what else comes they're into play here, though? <laughs> Think about this. Think about this. This also goes in, talk about money-making and racketeering. Boy. Then it goes into CPS, right? So yeah. you say oh. no to your kid, and then we're well, going to take the kid I'll... away, too, on top of it. You uh, you introduced me to and some of the work that our friend Don did too with uh, Megan Walsh, Lisa, and I would love to talk to Megan. Uh, maybe we should reach out um, and and have her on because when you talk about CPS and those types of stories, man, oh, what's coming down the pike, folks? Um, are we looking at you know domestic terrorism laws that you know deem you a domestic terrorist now. I mean, if they can't get away with it on the federal. Are they going to do it state by state? Like if you just so happen to have been born into a blue state, are you condemned now when it comes to gender affirming care? That if somebody in your life that you care about is going to do that to themselves, that you can't stand up and say, hey, hold on one, one sec, maybe reconsider. And when does that ever happen in history? You know, like in the past couple years, say for instance, Lisa, where people were prevented from standing up and saying, hey, wait a minute, you might not want to take that shot or something. I think I've heard about stories like that. It's funny how the mission creep creeps on. And it's all part of one big racket too. It all goes back to the pharmaceutical companies. Who owns the pharmaceutical companies, folks? Those investors, who do they do business with? Who does it ultimately pay? Who gets a cut? Who's your daddy? Yep. Exactly. Just like kindergarten cop. Who's your daddy and what does he do? That's what it comes down to. So now, uh, finally, to get on to the last of the big four for this week, we have, let me go to the screen share. Boop. Cocaine found at White House. It says cameras, visitor logs searched by Secret Service. And there we have uh, Jean-Claude fucking Jean-Pierre person. Fuck her. She sucks. Uh, cocaine discovered in the White House, it says, on Sunday was found in a cubby hole in a West Wing entry area mm, where visitors wait, place. Wait. <laughs> yes. Who found it? Who found it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Who found that? Yeah. In a, in a cubby hole. Who's in a cubby hole? Who's in, cubby hole? Yeah. In a cubby hole. You, you think that they wouldn't, um, oh, you know, assign the cubby? Like when somebody checks in, like if you ever, you ever went to like a department store to try on clothes, Lisa, you know, they give you like the little tag that says, okay, you go to number two, you go to number three, stuff like that. You know, I always ask for the six derp, you know, like it's just like things like that. Um, but yeah, they, they don't do that at the white house. You just go in and pick your own cubby. It's cool. You just throw your shit anywhere. We don't care. You have, you don't, we don't have to keep track of it or anything. Just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But I don't know how that better. system works. Okay. It gets well, let's better. read on. It's uh, and, a, uh, source, a source familiar. With oh, I love those kind of stories. <laughs> yeah. I love when Mr. Source shows up. Man. Blew it up a little too much. There we go. All right. But um, I guess that's better. Yeah, that's a little bit bigger. Now, but it says uh, here from Washington, cocaine was discovered in the White House on Sunday. It was found in a cubby hole in the West Wing area where visitors place electronics and other belongings before going on tours. A source familiar with the matter said on Wednesday. Wow. 
Um, so back in the day, uh, Mortal Kombat would have like these special characters that you would unlock doing certain crazy things in the game. Nowadays, you just pay for it or something like that. Whatever the fuck, modern video games kind of suck. But um, with that, though, um, a great special character, uh, a great like secret unlockable character would be a source familiar with the matter. I would, I would love to see like a sprite mock up of like how somebody would describe what that person would look like as a fighting game character. Maybe put that on a TNP merch t-shirt, you know, <laughs> a oh, source familiar with the matter has entered the, the <laughs> has entered the match. Um, but um, <laughs> now the secret service, it says is investigating the matter. Um, under what office? Well, imagine if they investigated beforehand. <laughs> Is investigating. <laughs> Under what branch is the Secret Service governed? Is it under the presidency? Because, <laughs> I mean, if somebody was in the White House, I mean, I'm not saying that they knew the president. There's, I'm sure there's plenty of people that visit the White House. I heard that this particular area, though, um, it's probably not just open to anybody. Gonna say, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. Uh, we'll have to read on. But you know, when it comes down to that, though, um, it says the Secret Service investigating the matter. I wonder if who they report to. Do they report to the White House? Uh, somebody explain. Um, it says uh, they're checking visitor logs and looking at cameras. How long could that take? You know what I mean. You have one cubby where it's found. How many people walk up to that cubby in the past couple hours and store shit there? You look at the logs of their names. It's been, what, days now since this story broke? I don't know. Maybe there was something released this morning that I didn't see. I pulled this yesterday or maybe the day before. So I don't. Yeah, this is two days ago. Did they discover the person yet? I don't think so. Maybe it was Cocaine Bear. But it says um, looking at cameras now the <laughs> The, the next steps cross-checking said the source they're going to cross-check stuff okay okay so they're going to look at one thing they're going to look at the log is that kind of like cross-dressing oh i hope not i hope not especially with the crew we've seen up there in the Biden administration and everything i don't oh boy they get freaky that that dog guy still that that shit haunts me um but it says the the white house spokesperson kareen jean pierre told reporters where this was discovered is a heavily traveled area where many West Wing visitors come through. So I guess, oh, yeah. So that must mean it's going to be particularly difficult to track down now, isn't it? Hmm. How many people could have approached that cubby in a day? 30? You know, like I don't, how many tours, how many West Wing tours do they do? They don't do them like constantly, right? They probably space them out. They probably have to have a staff that, accompanies you and all that shit. I've, I've never been in the White House, so I don't, I don't necessarily know how that works. Um, but yeah, maybe uh, maybe somebody could fill us in there uh, about how that, actually, that process works if you've ever taken a tour. Anyone out in the audience, if you've ever taken a tour of the West Wing, let us know how that actually works for you or when that was too, because that can also apply. Maybe they changed rules. I don't know. But it says, um, asked whether anyone had undergone drug testing. As part of the investigation, John Pierce said, we will take any action that is appropriate and warranted pending the outcome of Secret Service. But I will say, um, how the fuck are you going to drug test for that? Coke? Isn't that out of your system really fast? A drug test too. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, imagine like you go and visit the White House, right? 
And all of a sudden, like a couple days later, you get a notice from the Secret Service that they want you to do a drug test. Woo, shit. <laughs> oh, oh, right. I'm just and saying, you know, I know some people who get kind of nervous. They'll be like, oh, damn. <laughs> Maybe but, but, I should have. But, but wait, isn't even if you didn't, you know, you knew that there's no problem. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, oh, they there's no fixing of those drug tests. Right, really? <laughs> well, even if they did test. Do you trust? Okay. So even if they do test, do you trust the test? <laughs> do you trust that that evidence, quote unquote, it should be the damning evidence that confirms who it was in the first place? Because trust, how are you going to tell that? The, it, well, yeah. Even if somebody has cocaine in their system. Yeah. Yeah. Do you trust, do you trust the drug tester in the first place? Then like, do you, uh, do you assume that even if you found Coke in somebody's system, that that's the person that brought it? Do you automatically assume, well, just because it was in their system, that's the person that brought it. People that carry sort of you know, those types of drugs on them. Don't always do them. <laughs> you don't always get high on your own supply. I I've heard. <laughs> so, I mean, Oh, that's a great lyric. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, you don't have to, you don't have to be there blatantly to do it. You could be there to deliver it, to distribute it. Could have been a little, a little present for somebody who knows, like, I don't, I don't know, but it says possession of cocaine, which is classified as a schedule two drug, which is interesting under the U S controlled substance act, which should be also abolished. I believe is a misdemeanor in Washington, DC. Wait, Mr. Meaner. The fact that this is even a story. Now, wait a minute. How much do we how much are we talking about? How much drugs? <laughs> well, yeah, because it all it all points to everything that people know of, of the media story that is Hunter Biden. Like, right? People don't know the specifics about Burisma and you know what was going on in Ukraine at the time and why Joe Biden was also vice president for whatever reason. He had control over there. What the fuck our state department was doing in 2014. None of that ever really factors into people's understanding of Hunter Biden. They understand Hunter Biden is just like the crackhead guy that puts mini M&Ms on his penis. You know, like that, that's, that's the kind of caricature, the characterization too, that, that people have accepted. So whenever this story comes out, of course, the alternative media, anyone leaning towards the right libertarian, whatever the fuck, you know, these days um, is going to jump all over that and be like, oh, this is it for the White House. Is this is this Hunter getting caught? Yeah. And everybody can kind of talk about it. But like I said in the monologue, this is this is a uh, this is a tabloid story. This is a misdemeanor charge, by the way, in something where people can commit like mass atrocities, uh, gigantic amounts of fraud, both financially um pharmaceutically <laughs> that's what's that a word um and, and all different sorts of ways uh war um yeah getting us to go to war for for the wrong reasons and there's no penalty but there, don't you worry there's a misdemeanor for bringing a little bit of coke to the white house that's that's i'm really really glad the the good guys are on on the case they're going to solve this for us and justice is going to be served i'm sure um especially after they just start rounding random people up and drug testing them. I wonder how they could pin things on somebody doing that. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but it's a, I love it. yeah. Who, who, who is, who is the total list of names? Yeah. 
And and if something like that, imagine if you are like if this was open to like the general public. Imagine going there, Lisa, with your family. You go take a tour of the West Wing, and then all of a sudden, the Secret Service decides it wants to do an investigation on you. It wants to drug test you. It wants to look through all of your records. It wants to uh, examine all of your social media. It wants to know if you're pro-government or anti-government. Is this something to try and prevent people from from trying to visit the White House? Well, don't go to the White House. Is this what this is? <laughs> I mean, we've talked about that with you know the aftermath of J six. You know, just even the willingness for people to go down to DC anymore. I mean, they turned DC into a fucking war zone after that all happened. Like, I had friends that stayed down there and slept in those garages. That's not cool. Like what we did to our, even our own people during those times, what we asked them to do after what happened and the handling of it uh, was just so disgusting. But, you know, reading into many of those stories and, and using the, uh, the language, you know, sort of like we've been talking about this episode that the media uses to prop up things, to use the, the term insurrection itself. I mean, they're not, I'm not saying that it really ties into this story. But it also shows like how fucking weak of of like a of a battle on the war on drugs that we had. Where, you know, after all these decades of going going to war against cocaine, the cocaine still finds its way to the White House, one of the most secure buildings in all of existence. Definitely more secure than anything else that I, I, I'm aware of. Or at least I would imagine. It, it says in there, though, that the Biden and his family were not there at the White House then. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. And that's that's a good, uh, you know, that's a good alibi, I'd say, too. So all the people getting you to chase the, you know, the, the outrage of this being Hunter Biden's cocaine and it was definitely Hunter Biden. Well, if he wasn't there, then what is the story made of then? Is it just to get people outraged that somebody did bring cocaine to the White House? I don't think that's that outrageous of a story. <laughs> Does it show that our our, our anti-drug uh, policies in our government for the past several decades are an abject failure? So much so that the people still going into the institutions of the government, the people that still prop them up and believe in them, are hooked on the same things or at least doing the same things that the government swore to protect us from. <laughs> but here's the best part, though, is that uh, the substance was found during a routine sweep, a routine sweep, but yet the Secret Service spokesman doesn't want to comment on how how it was found and how much cocaine was found. But uh, yeah, don't don't confuse us with a little. We don't want to get confused with some of the details of what this is actually. That's the, that's the other thing too, Lisa. I'm thinking to myself, like nobody's bringing a brick of cocaine into the White House, right? Nobody's putting, nobody's checking that into a cubby and just leaving it sit there, like one of those bricks that you see in the fucking movies that you know the, the that whenever they do like the big busts that they have piled up on the news. Shit like that, like nobody's bringing that amount in. Like, so what? What did they bring in? They they bring in a couple grams with them. You know, is that something that was just like maybe that person's there with somebody, and you know, they're they're just sort of accompanying them. You know what I mean? Oh, like, someone, uh, if you're a fancy pants, yeah. Say that someone you're just, just some fancy pants guy, and you have some prostitutes with you going to the White House 
Like that's never been done. <laughs> you got to show them how fancy you are. You're gonna give them, you're gonna get a special tour of the White House for the fourth and stuff like that. So you got you got some hey, honeys with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can get to that point too. But one thing that'll get you there is that if you're maybe carrying some cocaine, I'm just saying. I've heard things that uh, you know maybe the person carrying this again wasn't doing it, but was meant to uh, give it to other people. Uh, you know, that we're accompanying them. You never know. Uh, so, I mean, there could have been a lot of reasons why it was there. Who knows? Who knows if we'll ever find the person. This is going to be, you know, after cross-referencing things and, you know, looking at video and after investigating all of this, are they just going to find some schmuck? Maybe. I doubt they're going to find anybody of any importance. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even if they find, quote unquote, the person, is it that person? How, how can they how can they prove uh, did, will they have like the clear video evidence like will the government <laughs> show us clear video evidence of this place what it looks like or will they claim that it's a security risk actually to show the camera footage of these things because I don't see any camera footage being released yet of anybody going in and out of those cubbies I don't think that people of the press even have access to that footage Lisa so I don't know when we'll ever see it in the alternative media then. Well, no, listen. They'll maybe play the footage in court, which, you know, nobody knows to listen into now because you can't watch them and you can't record them. So good luck seeing video evidence that's presented in court and then just describing that to people or writing it down what happened. That's tough <laughs> when you can't actually show them. Like, I don't know. This is gonna be this is gonna be a hard nut to crack here because well, I don't even believe that they'll find though. the right person. Mm. So wait a minute, it was left in the cubby, right? So mm -hmm. it was a routine uh sweep. Now let's see. Now if these cubbies are assigned, let's see who was the let who's the last person assigned to the cubby? Hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I know that would really just take a long time. It would take a lot of head scratching, just looking at a book that has names written in it maybe, and then looking at the cubby that it's at, looking at the video footage, and then finding out who it was. I mean, if they can't do this, how do they nail people in like other cases, Lisa? <laughs> you know? Like if they can't if they can't yeah. solve this little problem, can you trust them to it's, like it's, stop the drug war that's happening on our southern border? <laughs> that's happening all over South America. That's destroying countries that we're funding. That we're 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 going to war. We were talking about you know uh, putting these people as terrorists. Wasn't there talk about you know, looking at the uh, southern border uh, controlling MS13s and all these other gangs? Should we? It, wasn't there talk of them classifying them as uh, terrorists now? So that way that type oh, of funding really? can go towards fighting it. Oh yeah. Talk about paychecks. Lots and lots of paychecks there. A lot of people. Yeah. You make it, a, you make it a war. You make it a, like a, a legit war being fought with like weapons now. Oh yeah. And it's not like we haven't been doing that in other countries, but when you, when you do it to the Southern border, Oh man. Yeah. And you really want uh, militarized police too in the cities going after some of these gangs that are pushing the drugs, don't you? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be fantastic just to build up the local police force to combat these terrible gangs that are probably being funded by the same people that are pushing these laws. 
Um, and also at the same time, they make everything around you so much stronger, so much more intimidating of a force that how are you going to resist anything terrible if they want to do it? I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's the ultimate end game. If you ask me about the drug war, Lisa, like I'll, I'll get off the article now and go back to uh panel view here, but uh, just to get some final takeaways for, for this episode, I'll, I'll sort of encapsulate ca mine with just that, that um, the power in which we grant the government to solve our problems has continuously been used to abuse us to the point where we beg for its protection so much now that we will outman, outgun, outfund that's insane. We're getting the exact opposite of what we asked for in the end. We are we are more captives than we are free. We are more prisoners than we are people. And we prove it every time that we enable this to happen again. Every time that we vote it back into office, every time we give it a nod. I don't know how we fix that other than going back and sort of re-engineering it, restarting it, finding a, finding a better way to sort of form the bureaucracy that exists in culture and in society. But murder one another, I do believe that people shouldn't harm one another. There should not be victimization in this world. Uh, we are better beings than that. We were meant for better than this. But also... Where does it end? Where does the desire or even the romance of being able to prevent harm, to prevent bad things from happening, where does that get into even the comically absurd area that we're at now when it comes to authoritarianism? Because you end up destroying more than you end up protecting when you go out looking to control the future, to control people's behavior. And also when you gamify it to make tons and tons of money off of it, when you corporatize it and when you bastardize it, just like they do with that gross drug, you know, something that starts off so simple, like a leaf that Indians tuck into their lips in the mountains, turns into something that wrecks people's lives, costs friends of mine their lives, disgustingly. But and people serving now, you know, people that we'll probably talk to in the future because all men are redeemable, right? People go through terrible times in their life because of drugs, shit like this. People pay enormous penalties. This is just a misdemeanor in DC. <laughs> how much more evil, how much more harm? How much more destruction is going on in D.C. right now that deserves justice that isn't being served because of the way we're governed? What can we do about that? I don't know. I'd say making people a little bit more free to make their own decisions, not tied to this bureaucracy. I think people sort of come to certain conclusions in life. And what they're willing to do to achieve certain goals. And I'm not willing to go to war over drugs. I abhor cocaine. It's destroyed people in my life. It's harmed people that I know.
and love. But I'm not going to go to war over it. I'm not going to go down. To, I'm not going to march down to the southern border and start taking it to uh, MS-13 or whatever other these creations are. I'm not going to do that. So where do we let it lie? Do we let people just do whatever they want, take in whatever they want? Is that the same argument with gender? Should we just let people decide how much harm are they going to be able to do to themselves through substances? Whether they be pharmaceutical products or not, or even based in ones. Illicit drugs like cocaine, gender-affirming care, all chemicals. Do we allow people to do whatever chemicals that they want? I don't think so. I think that there should be, I, I believe that people should have some sort of idea of what they're putting in their body and what it does to them. But then how do you educate them on that? Do you force them into that education in government schools? And then you're leaving it back up to the government again. It's parents. It's you. It's family members. It's people being able to stand up and say, no, you shouldn't do this to yourself. You shouldn't go get your booster shot because it might fucking kill you. That's the conversation that you're supposed to have. And relying on government, relying on social media, relying on even this to make that point for you, don't. You have to be the voice that stands up. You have to be the one that says no. Lisa, you've been that person in life. <laughs> I mean, you know that it's worth it to stand up and say no to something that you object to. So what are, what are your final takeaways for th this episode? What, what do you want people to have from this? Wow. Talk about mic dropping. It's a good thing I had my mic muted a lot because as, as you were uh, doing so eloquent in your summation, Sadie was barking right at punctuating right at the you know when you were pausing so <laughs> thank you sadie sadie's always on my side yeah <laughs> man how to follow up on that one you, you listen six you you said it best and um you know let this episode go go down as uh showing what this is all about it, it it's mind games right so mm -hmm. hoping that uh people start doing some soul searching and asking the right questions. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a perfect way to put it to end this uh, folks join the TMP crew, please. Uh, we, we ask that people to do this to help us uh, promote TMP and everything and all the different hosts that we, uh, that we have on uh, TMP as well. Uh, what you do is like this video, uh, share it on social media and put hashtag uh, TNP crew um, so we could see each other. We know that people are out there sharing our stuff. Um, and also we can share things with you, share sources with us. Uh, we love articles, documents, um, documentary movies, anything, links to videos that you want to share with us. Um, it's been a really great experience uh, mixing it up with a lot of people in my online life here um, doing this show. And uh, one of the one of the best parts is when people get to share information that we talk about on the show. It makes such a huge impact in our opinions and everything else that we express here. So thank you all for doing that. Um, also, follow us on any 
uh, platform that we're on uh, because, um, yeah, we never know when we're going to get booted off of one, too. So that also helps. Yeah, we're, we're noticing that uh, the Rumble has been ticking up quite uh, good. Uh, appreciate all the new uh, subscribers over at Rumble, followers, whatever they call it. I think it's followers. But um, and then also, I don't really like followers either. It's such a gross term. But um, and then uh, I've noticed a few extras on uh, some of the other new platforms. So we've been growing steady the past couple months. But uh, I think with um, a, a more solid schedule now and uh, people getting uh, to do solid material every week, like in, in certain particular times, we're starting to build a great audience here at TMP. Um, and we have a really eclectic bunch, I'd say, too. Right, Lisa? <laughs> like we we have a pretty good group of people that uh, we fuck around with here at TMP. I'm proud of it. I'm really yeah, proud of it. The best of the the best of the best of critical thinkers. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. And uh, Harp says there's a little bit less cocaine now than when it was found. Oh yeah. Yeah, so how'd they test it, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh The Last Boy Scout. Oh, that's a good movie. Last Boy Scout is an awesome movie. Um but then um yeah, so uh wrapping it up for this week folks. Uh thank you all for being here. Uh be back next Friday. Uh hopefully we'll have John Henry with us if he's ever released from his other duties. Um and then uh maybe even uh our friend Chris Graves too. Uh I hope he's feeling better. Uh definitely check out Chris's links in the description. Also check out Lisa's Liberty links. Um in the description of this video you'll find Lisa's Liberty links where you can subscribe to her Substack, which we'll have entries uh, for soon. And then also, uh, that'll be a good place for you to find her Twitter and other places where you can keep up. So when we finally launch uh, one of Lisa's new projects, uh, you all will be aware. So, but um, until we meet again, and until we are free, we are the new prisoners. <laughs>